0: This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit voicesofwrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions and updates across the world of wrestling. Many 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 meki 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 You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. I have to break it to you i i normally record this show pantsless In rich craig oh my god just, it's like, just play along with it it's wrestling
1: man just let yourself go for a minute and we are live on the flagship podcast i am rich he is joe joe what's happening how are you i'm doing all right doing all right tuesday flagship tuesday flagship here this week Past two weeks was a Wednesday, now we're on a Tuesday. We'll be going head-to-head with Monday Night Raw here in a little bit at some point, so look out, Paul. Alright, Monday Night Football's not the only one coming for you. Imagine a Monday Night flagship, that'd be wild.
0: Well, Monday Night Football came for them, and it, it was ugly <laughs> it for
1: It did Raw, not so. go great for old Paul, yeah. Unky Paul and the new and improved Raw uh, did not... Uh, did not have a good night against... I guess uh, we
0: should start there because... Yeah,
1: those are shocking. Those are some pretty uh, big numbers. Uh, the biggest news is all the cord cutters uh, quickly ran to their local... Uh, uh, well, there's not Radio Shack anymore. I don't know. Where where do you go to get a coax cable these days, Joe? Because they found them this week <laughs> for, for professional football. They found the coax cables, uh, and cables were reattached all weekend.
0: The CBS early window on Sunday was their... Highest rated or most viewed early window since uh, 1998. Yes, fucking. Which sounds like a typo. At first Uh, I
1: read that and they're like, they definitely meant 2008. And even 2008 would have still been impressive. You know what I mean? And then I was thinking, oh, they must mean 2018, which that's pretty good still. But like, all right, that's let. No, 1998. (laughs) What?
0: Yeah, that was for regional coverage in the early window. And then. Sunday Night Football did its best number since 2015 and then Monday Night Football last night which wasn't even a great on paper game in terms of draws it was the Broncos at the Seahawks but you know it's week one and that was one of the biggest uh, Monday Night football total viewerships across three networks um, you know in in many many years so and it took a big chunk out of raw which did one point well, roundup 1.71 million viewers and a point four four mm-hmm. so um,
1: and a, a disastrous you know, that, third hour too that uh, the third hour was brutal
0: yeah had a third hour drop below a point four I think so um, yeah and th- and this coming off of the heels of Friday when the uh, Smackdown did this shockingly hu- monstrous number it did two point three Two point three million viewers, and I think a .57, I think I'm not looking at it. So Smack and 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 that ha- and SmackDown really had regressed back to its previous levels the past few weeks. SmackDown wasn't really crushing it anymore, the way that Raw still was. Same for NXT. NXT seems to have settled back to where uh, it was, other than when they have like a a themed show. Those still pop a little bit of a number but for the most part nxt and smackdown for the you know for all intent and purpose were back to previous levels until this past friday smackdown just out of nowhere with the 2.3 million and you know i really thought raw wouldn't be as affected by monday night football as it was in some previous years um you know and, and,
1: well, and 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 it goes back to go listen to our show last year that we did at this time where we, you know, we f- we first theorized during. Uh, last year when football was restarting, we are like, uh-oh, here we go. Football's coming for WWE. And then that first week that it didn't have an effect whatsoever. Like, Monday Night Football had a monster rating, as, as they usually do, and Monday Night Raw was basically the same. And on that show, we kind of theorized, okay, they now have their core 2 million people, 1.8, whatever, that are just going to watch it no matter what. They are going to watch Raw. They have, they don't care what else is on. They don't care about Monday Night Football. They don't care. Because it used to affect. Like, this, this same sort of shocking drop uh, week over week used to happen all the time with, 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 with previous iterations of Monday Night Football and football. And if you go back and listen to the episode last year, we theorized, okay, they now have the core. They have the audience that does not give a shit about football, doesn't care about current events, doesn't care about the World Series, doesn't care about anything. They are going to watch Monday Night Raw on Mondays. And they had that audience, and that audience stuck through the entire football season last year and 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 kept them pretty much where they were almost the entire time. I mean, there were some little drops and uh, and whatnot here and there, but for the most part, it was pretty consistent, shockingly consistent, uh, and that's when we kind of, you know, then we had that theory. Okay, well, that means that we, we have now reached the core. This is the group that is never going to stop watching My Night Raw, uh, probably, will always just be there. And I think what we maybe have seen here is a return to that, uh, the, what, what happened previous years, where maybe the, you know, the Triple H taking over, the post VIN stuff, the interest level in Raw and the interest level in WWE of, ooh, what are they doing now? Ooh, is there something new? Is there something going on? Those new people started watching, but then the second they were given another option, they're gone again. And those people are now, yeah. now it's going to be interesting to see, where they just like starred for football that week or are they truly like, well, I gave my Net Raw a try, and it was fine, but yeah, I'm not seeing a ton different. All right, it's football season, and now they're football.
0: A much deeper drop this year than the previous year. Last year, the week before, football did 1.85 million and a .52, and the first week of Monday Night Football did 1.67 million and a .43. This year, last week, they did 2.05 million and a .58. And now this week they did a 1.71 million and a 0.44. So they started higher. It was higher this year the week before, but dropped to essentially the same demo as last year. Right. So, right. The, so that the core,
1: the core is still there.
0: The drop was steeper this year, percentage-wise, in both total viewership um, and the demo. And you know, my hot take before the raw number came out today, and I guess it's going to end up circling back to the same basic point that you just made. Um, My hot take was going to be, you know, they're still getting this bump from the curiosity of Vince being gone and Triple H being in, and Triple H making all of these small changes to the show, and it's, it's still working to some degree. But my feeling is the shows are so boring. They're competent, but they're boring is really what they are. Um, they're they're better than the Vince shows without question. They're more competent than the Vince shows, but they really are very boring shows, both Raw and SmackDown. And my theory on, on today's show was going to be that I think Paul Levesque is kind of playing with fire, where if he doesn't start to grab these people, with some big compelling storyline or bringing in or bringing back truly big stars as opposed to this you know parade of mid carters that they've brought back which are nice little you know fan service type moves but at the end of the day ashante the adonis and and uh you know and and and, and carrying cross and people like this aren't going to make that much now you bring back sasha banks or bray wyatt or something like that those are those are much bigger moves My, I, i feel like they were in danger of squandering this growth in viewership with this curiosity around the changes by not grabbing people and keeping them and we'd slowly see it dwindle away but now with this monday night raw number from last night it's like you're saying For the first time in a number of years, I think we've seen sort of that old school drop in viewership that we used to see when Raw was doing, you know, four to five million viewers a week. And they would they would gulp and hold their breath because they knew football was coming. The past few years, they were really down. We talk about this all the time. They've been down to that core two million or so people. They're going to watch no matter what. WWE is their top priority, which is why I don't think the football drops were as steep as they had been in the past. Right. Right. Because this is what you were just saying, they were down to the, the 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 core 2 million where WWE is their number one. And I think what we just saw happen last night was we saw a more precipitous drop because they weren't able to hold all of these viewers who had, you know, the couple hundred thousand viewers who have returned because the show is competent now, and it's not the total shit that Vince McMahon was producing in his, in his final couple of years. He had clearly completely lost the plot and was producing some of the worst wrestling television in the history of televised wrestling. You want to compare it to late-stage WCW. You want to compare it to some eras of TNA and Impact that were poor. Recent vintage Vince WWE was right there with some of those horrible examples of wrestling television
1: right and we were saying De- it at the time too there were a lot of people that were, were yeah, you right. know head was directly in the sand for oh no no there, you know there's some there's some stuff that's good and some stuff that bad we were telling you for two three years this is utter shit what is going on and it, it dates back really to i think 2019 is when it really really fell off uh the, the table it wasn't just covid the covid thing obviously uh, did not help at all but uh, it, it certainly accelerated it, but, but it was 2019 when it was really starting to fall off I and mean, maybe late 2018 where it was like, what in the world is going on here? And he had completely lost it. And, and it's not that, not that he was booking tremendous, tremendous television for, for the years prior to that, but there at least was silver lining to some stuff there. The pay-per-views were still decent. The matches were still okay. There things were, and, and, you know, yeah, if you listen to this show, we told you from, from jump, this shit's getting really bad, like horrifically terrible. Uh, what's going on here and, and, and we're more than willing to call it out over the last couple of years that this is some of the dirt worst shit that's ever been produced on wrestling television ever. And now people are kind of catching up now that, you know, oh, okay, we can finally put the Vince McMahon thing to bed and okay. We, oh yeah, no, it was but now it's improving and now it's, yeah, okay. Well, we were telling everybody it sucked shit and we had a done shit. Oh, no, no, it's all right. It's okay. It, you know, no, it was horrific stuff. I used to say it's, it, it, you can line it up with some of the worst of the worst pro wrestling ever and it is right there. Stuff would happen, and I, and, and I made this reference many times. I made this all the way back in 2019. I said, there's an entire podcast series devoted to laughing at 2000 WCW, and there's more bad stuff happening in a month of WWE than happened during the entire year of 2000 WCW, but... People just refused to say it or do it because it was still like, ah, yeah, 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 you know, they had to toe the line or whatever. But now they not toe the line. And now you're hearing, oh, well yeah, Vince, he really started losing the fastball and now oh, it wasn't quite there. But now this new and improved. And it, it, it's kind of funny how uh, the Wormers kind of turned on that. But uh, I did notice that you're starting to hear a little less about Ron' SmackDown. The, the, the appointment television that it felt like it was immediately when Paul Levesque took over, I, I it's right down to the same people talking about it that we're talking about it before anyway. I I'm my my Antic- friends Yeah, my yeah. friends that were watching it were are not like I had a few friends who were texting me every single week, "Hey, you know, this is pretty cool. Hey, it's kind of interesting oh, there's some new stuff that they're doing." I'm like, "Okay, you know." And, and they they're done. You know, they watch football on Monday. <laughs> they had no time for Raw or Smackdown or whatever. Well, so. I
0: think a lot of those people are Well, I mean, just look at the numbers. I think what we saw here today was um they have not All those people they gained, okay, immediately dropped it for football last night. Right, right. Because last year's, they only did about less than four. they did about 30, between 30 and 40,000 more total viewers this year than they did last year versus football, which is nothing. 1.67 million to 1.709 million. Right.
1: It's, 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 so they
0: basically are right back to the same audience, total audience they had last year at this time and they started this year over 2 million last week and only 1.85 million last year at uh, the week before football so they actually lost more total viewers lost more by percentage and lost more in the demo by percentage and they're right back to the number they started with last week week one during football which tells you they have not They had, had what, six weeks? How long has it been since SummerSlam? Six, seven weeks or something Yeah,
1: somewhere around there. Yeah, six, seven. I I forget the exact
0: number. They've had six or seven weeks to recapture these people and keep them. And before football started, and that didn't happen, at least this week. Now, next week, there's two Monday Night Football games, and they overlap. Usually, they do the Monday Night Football doubleheader week one. I think what happened this week is the NFL said, now, wait a minute. Week 1 we know we're going to do a monster number. Why are we doing the double header on week 1? We should do the double header week 2. That's
1: smart. Yeah, that's really smart.
0: I don't know why no one thought of this until this year, right? Like it makes total sense when you look at it that way. Cuz you know week 1's always going to crush it. I mean, Seattle's not expected to be a good team and Denver Seattle aren't two extraordinary television markets and they crushed it. So, it's they're going to do the the double header next week and it's going to completely overlap raw and, I mean, we'll see, but um, if here's, the, here's what I'd be worried about in the room, okay, if I'm WWE, that these viewers are going to stick with football now for the next four months, and then because the product wasn't compelling enough to keep them, the habit's going to be broken again and they're not going to come back.
1: Right, and that's all what it always is. I mean, and, and listen yeah. to anybody that, that is done any tv it's not just wrestling it's it's it's, and it it applies to sports too is that once you get people out of that habit where they don't sit on their couch monday at x time and watch my night raw or watch whatever your drama show is or whatever your comedy is or whatever the second you get them out of that habit and they skip a week or they feel that a week is unessential or that they don't need to see it you've kind of lost that you've broken that habit that they've had and that and that habit is what is so valuable that habit is what television shows rely on That's what raw relies on it's what wrestling tv shows rely on is that every monday and every wednesday and every friday x amount of people you know roughly the 1.5 to 2 million people will sit down and say all right wrestling let's go Uh, this is what i'm watching tonight and once you get people out of that habit that is a very dangerous thing to do especially if they're out of that habit for four months it's very hard to get them to say all right football's done clap all right let's do this money night raw let's do it again like you got to hook him again. There's got to be a reason. There's got to be, and and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. Is okay, yeah. New and improved WWE. You bring back Dexter Loomis. You bring back Harry and Cross. You bring back uh, Eos Sky. You bring back Dakota Kai. Okay, cool. We need you need a little. I mean, those are cool for a little. Like, hey, yeah, like you said, fan service is probably the perfect way to do it. So a bunch of fans yeah. are gonna go, whoa, Eos Sky's back, awesome. Hey Dakota Kai, that's a good get. But those people aren't movers. Those aren't movers and shakers. Those people aren't going to do anything. Nobody is going to stick around on this show because Dakota Kai's back. That's no offense to Dakota Kai. I think she's tremendous. But your the, the, your your last viewer, your out of the habit viewer, is not going to say, "Whoa, Dakota Kai's on Raw now." I'm in. You know what I mean? Or oh wow, Dakota Kai's back. I'm in. Dexter Loomis is here. I'm in. Like that. Those aren't those. They, they don't move the needle like that. The problem is, do they have that person that moves the needle? And, and
0: I, well, I do, Well, they could be. Yes, they could have Sasha Banks and Bray Wyatt in the holster, waiting for football. That could have been their plan all along, which which would be smart if it was. But I would have done
1: that a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, or advertise them for this week.
1: Right, right, right. I think you've already you maybe have already lost those people, and I don't know. Right, like, that's who what I mean.
0: I, I mean. I, I, and I've been
1: they were handed they were gift wrapped six or seven weeks of just
0: of curiosity. Do what and I
1: mean else. fucking we talked about it that week after we talked the week no, when he you took what, over we talked about it. And we said well I cannot believe that they just did a normal one night raw and didn't yes, just
0: a four SummerSlam
1: right right and didn't open up with Triple H in the middle of the ring saying a new era a new era of wrestling you know what I mean it just bang boom 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 the first match is like a 20 minute awesome back and just make it look different and sound different and feel different and and be different they didn't do it they they they, they fucked up on that first week, but that's okay. They came back then that week after SummerSlam and said, "Okay, now we're going to really do you know something new, something different." Here's he, all
0: the returns, here's right, the right, right.
1: But it wasn't different know, enough, though. It was kind of you know
0: exactly. That's and that's been my point these last several weeks. And they I had mean, to do such little
1: stuff, different it's, camera it's, cuts, make the arena look a little bit different. You know, do it.
0: They've made a lot of little changes. Yeah, but. But the, but I've been coming on this show every week, and people are saying, "Well, I'm just being stubborn." No, I'm watching these shows. They've made a lot of little changes, but I've been warning people that they're not doing anything big to, to grab people and 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 grip them and hold. The shows are kind of dull. They're kind of dull. I mean, do you expect to bounce back from this week's head-to-head with Monday Night Football, going against two games next week because Dom Mysterio cut a promo? <laughs> I mean, that, Dexter, what,
1: Dexter Lewis is invading someone's house, like.
0: <laughs> yeah, like what are the big like? These aren't you know. They're not, Roman Reigns isn't around. You know, he's a part timer. Um,
1: I'm starting to wonder if maybe you know, ruining all your star power for one guy who then is not around all that much. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to say that that's not a great idea. I'm going to go out on a limb and say I wouldn't have done it that way. But
0: I mean, you know, I, I I don't know. I guess they feel when he is around that he makes a big difference. Maybe they have some internal numbers to tell them that I, I, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, it's, but, but, you know, I I would be fearful now that in the next four months, people are just going to forget about, you know, because then the, the novelty of Paul Levesque being in charge is going to be long worn out by then. And I don't know. I I think, but it's weird because SmackDown just did that monster number on Friday. I think what we're going to see here is SmackDown, is going to leapfrog raw again Mm -hmm. and be the clear cut number one show for a while in terms of viewership. Um, And raw is, is I look, I'm, I'm, I was shocked today. I thought it was going to hold up much better against the football. It felt like they had some momentum, but to me, this is a clear red flag that raw just hasn't been all that compelling. I mean, they are right back where they started last year. I mean, you want to, t- if you want to get, go crazy about thirty-five thousand viewers or whatever, be my guest. I mean, that it's like margin of error. Who cares? I mean, that's nothing. They essentially did the same exact number they did last year, going up against. Yeah, football. which
1: is not. I mean, that's that's right. bad. I mean, given given where they were in twenty twenty one in the doldrums, yeah. and, and we're still you know we're still ravaged a little bit with COVID in, in the country or whatnot, and there was still that 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 aura of "Ah, it's just not very good and this they were gift wrapped all the attention in the world and uh somehow you know in a way positive attention for for the current product uh and and given all this stuff and gift wrapped this and just yeah i they they had these six seven weeks to really knock it out of the park and let people know okay this is new this is different this is straight and we but again we talked about this when it happened is there that much incentive for Triple H and Paul Levesque and Nikon and all the WWE heads to, to shake everything up and go crazy and, and, and produce different than what they've been producing. We said, like, maybe they're just going to say, this is a gravy train. Why are we going to, you know, we're not going to upset this apple Card? Are you kidding me? Like, this is going great. Like, we're going to make a shit ton of money. We are making a shit ton of money. And then in a couple of years, we're going to make even more shit ton of money. Do we really need to say, all right, fuck it. We're going back to studio wrestling and we're doing this and we're doing that. Like, it's probably more advantageous just to put your feet up on the desk and go, eh, we're good. 1.8. We're good.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, on the flip side, the football game did do 20 million viewers and the Emmys were also on last night. Um, now the Emmys did their worst number in something like, <laughs> I like had ever. Zero I zero
1: idea the Emmys were on.
0: I think the Emmys did their their. I, I saw an article. I'm not looking at the it. Emmys, oh
1: man, wow! Don't okay.
0: quote me, but I think I think the Emmys did their worst number in history. But either way, they they did a poor number is the bottom line. Um, but I'm sure that had you know a minimal effect um, as well. So, but you do have to mention it, and 20 million is a lot. Monday. I mean, that's almost what the playoff game did last year. Remember, they the, they did a wild card game on Monday night. Right, right. And that did around the same. So, I mean, this was this was a monster week. So we'll see next week. But next week doesn't get any easier because they're doing the the double header. So, um, you know, so uh, you know, we'll see. But a, a very very interesting ratings week between SmackDown and Raw. Both numbers shocked me. The SmackDown number is inexplicable and makes no sense. They didn't even really announce anything for SmackDown. It was one of those shows that came together during the show. You know, the I think it was Drew McIntyre and Solo Sokoa in the main, and it wasn't announced ahead of time. And they really didn't announce much ahead of time for SmackDown. It did 2.3 million out of nowhere. I mean, it just makes no sense. You can't make any sense of it. And I really thought Raw would hold up a lot better than it did against what didn't seem like on paper. Imagine if this were a strong, you know, this, this football game could have done 22, 23 million. If it was big market teams. I mean, they kind of lucked out in the sense that they got Broncos Seahawks, you know, with the Seahawks projected to win five or six games with Geno Smith, at quarterback, instead of, you know, the usual, you know, week one, you know, juggernaut game that, that you might expect to get, but uh, because it could have been worse than this, but I still contend that the shows are pretty dull, and it's a problem. I, 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 they're not. You watch the shows, and they're they're they are competent, but there's you know there's a lot of silliness and goofiness seeping back in too. I mean, the carrying cross stuff where they try to make it look like the viewer
1: <laughs> dream sequence. Out,
0: you know that's awful stuff. It's terrible. The the Dexter Loomis stuff is just awful. NXT style silliness. It's just goofy.
1: Dom do um, Mysterio doing the you know the he the faded backstage I mean, the darkness promos. The, the, yeah,
0: the fact that they're pushing Dominic Mysterio. Is-
1: <laughs> right. Look at look at the three names we just brought up there. The names that they the prominent names uh, on WWE television this week were Karrion Cross, Dexter Loomis, and Dom Mysterio. <laughs> like that's not good.
0: That's I mean not- you're the he, they, you're, you're the market leader. You have more money than, than you know what to do with, you know, you have a, this, uh, on, on paper, this, this deep roster and we're pushing Dominic Mysterio. I mean, what are we doing here? He doesn't even, he shouldn't even be in the company. Like you're pu- and you're pushing him. Um, guys, no charisma. This isn't going to work any better as a heel. Than, I mean, it can't be any worse than he was as a face, but, um, yeah, I mean, to me, the shows have no juice. I mean, um, they're just, when you watch them, they're just dull. They're dull, but it's like those periods of impact where it's just competent wrestling, but the show is just dull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you really have no desire to, you're never like, oh, man, I can't like wait for week. When next you watch
1: week. it, you're like, ah, all right, that was fine. And then, but you're not like, all right, next week, let's see what's up. Like that, we get that, you know, when we start doing our, our, um, our, our, you know, impact previews or whatever, and I'll, I'll go and I'll binge, like, three weeks of impact you know bad and it's fucking torturous and it's not because they're bad it's just like i'm just kind of bored i just don't want to i just want to do something else afterwards i'm like all right that episode's done god i wish i didn't have to watch another one now and it's not because they're bad it's just you know it's like all right well here we go here's another one that it's it's rich that
0: i know you haven't really been watching but that's how raw and smackdown have been for me to the point where i don't really watch i'm back to not watching i'm back to They're collecting on my DVR, and then I'm like, ah, shit, there's three or four of them. I better zip through them or I'm never going to catch up. Like, that's where I'm at again, which is where I was when Vince was in charge because the shows are just dull and uncompelling, and I have no desire to watch them. I'm not thinking about Raw or SmackDown on Monday or Friday rubbing my hands together like, all right. Let's settle in for some wrestling. Right, put no, the pop,
1: put the popcorn in the microwave. <laughs> Let's get going here. We got wrestling. You no, know, on. Yeah. On, on
0: Wednesdays I'm watching the clock. I'm like, oh, it's six forty eight. I better, you know, it, it, it's like it's a whole different thing, you know. It, it, it's uh, um, uh, because Dynamite feels like a wrestling show.
2: Raw yeah, and SmackDown. Has. Has.
0: Yeah, yeah, it feels like a wrestling show. Raw, it, Raw and SmackDown feel like a stage production putting on a wrestling show. It just, you know, that, that, that inauthentic feel, um, it's a television show about a wrestling show. Yeah. It's show. a television
1: show about, yeah. I forget who, who coined that, but that is a genius. It's a television show about a wrestling show.
0: It's a tell it's a show about a show about a wrestling show. That makes sense. If you break that down slowly. It and takes a while.
1: Really, it takes a while, but think about but it. it, it does Chew make sense. on it. Stew on it. You know, maybe sleep on it, and then tomorrow you'll wake up, or you'll wake up tonight in a cold sweat at 3 a.m. and go, "God damn it! They're right. I get that. it." I it is a what show. Yeah, you know?
0: it is a show about a show about a wrestling show. <laughs> right. And and that and 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 see, that's what hasn't changed with Levesque in charge. Okay, he's changed some of the wallpaper in the house. Okay, they've gotten rid of the worst of the worst humor and. the booking makes slightly better sense and the ring you know, there are slightly longer matches and the matches are a little bit better. And he is trying his best to make the secondary titles meaningful with the video packages and not being afraid to mention the names of wrestlers who aren't there anymore or, or legends from the past where Vince was terrified. Like you couldn't say the name of a former, you know, you, you couldn't say the name Harley race on TV because god forbid someone doesn't know who harley race is you know it, it, all that garbage is gone they're giving people their first and last names back the, the little changes are there but but the core show the production which i hate i hate wwe's production i think i think the most overrated aspect of wwe is their production People fawn over their great yeah, I, production. I hate
1: that shit, too. And I, I'm somebody I who has a production terrible. background. I think I, their
0: production's flat-out terrible. Yeah,
1: well, I, I just think it's it's overproduced. It, it, it's it's overproduced. It's so, quote-unquote, good that it's bad. Because it's, like, yeah. fucking... Yeah, it's... it's You're in this... It looks like a a network television... It looks like one of those dumb network television game shows. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you know the ones yeah. I'm talking about. Like, The Masked America's Singer or America's Got Talent or, 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 or The Voice or whatever. Where you're like, what is going on here? It's, so many colors. Yeah, there's colors, there's lights, there's explosions, everyone's yelling, lights. everybody's screaming. And I'm like, what is this? Like, this must be a simulated sport. Like, just, you know, I, we don't need all this stuff. Like, keep it's it sensory
0: overload. Yeah. It's their production is so overrated. Um, everybody looks fake. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, look, it, it. it's not a wrestling product that appeals to me at all, is the bottom line. But, but even setting that aside, I just don't think these shows have been compelling. And uh, it's possible that, some of maybe the recent lapsed viewers that they've picked up um, have feel the same because they, they clearly chose football uh, uh, last night. Um, you know, did we talk about the Trevor Dame theory last week? I think we did. Um. It, well, I'll refresh. I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. do it again. How about we do it again? Yeah, we'll give, we it,
1: give, give Trevor some more roses here that he needs anymore. Come on.
0: So the Trevor Dame theory is um, the viewers that have come back out of curiosity to see the triple H driven WWE are not the long time lapse viewers that they lost when they were peaking at 5 million viewers a week or whatever, a few years ago It's the people they lost over the last two years.
1: Yeah. Oh happened. no, no, no. I think he's around the money and I, I can, I can definitely, I don't know if we talked about that last week, but no, I, I, I you know, and, and just, Anecdotally talking about, you know, my friend group and people that I know that I'm close to, that's exactly what it is. The people that have been texting me about watching it again are the people that were up until two, three years ago still watching every single week. My friends that I grew up with, Attitude Era, they have no, they don't give a shit, man. They're watching football, they have kids, they're long gone. Those people are absolutely long gone, never coming back, never, you know, don't even feign an interest in coming back. The people that I have been texting back and forth with that were reaching out to me and doing that is exactly like Trevor said. People that three years ago said, "Ah, I'm not watching this shit anymore." Two years ago, "Ah, I'm getting bored of this. I'm not watching anymore." It was all those people, and that losing those people again is tough. (laughs) That's not good.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and look, and they could trickle back in. You know, we'll have to see what happens next week. Yeah, next week's going to be
1: fascinating. Yeah, maybe maybe next week might be tough because, like you said, that doubleheader, right? right. And,
0: And and the two games. The the problem is it's not like the games aren't stacked either. The the games overlap by like an hour. And overall, I think the entirety of Raw is covered by both games. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's going to be a point where there's two football games and Raw on all at the same time. So they're not competing just with one football game. They'll be competing with two football games. Let me, let me see. Let me check that schedule again. Yeah, who,
1: and who's track. playing too? Um, let's
0: see. So um, let's go uh, week two here. All right, so next week,
1: <laughs> very Francesca moment here, but go on, take your time. It's
0: all right, kind of a melter, them. kind so, of a melter.
1: Yeah, once you ruffles, you got some papers there. You
0: can rustle. All right, so we've got Tennessee, <laughs> Tennessee, and Buffalo at seven fifteen Eastern on ESPN, and then at eight thirty Eastern on ABC is the Vikings and the Eagles. Philly's a strong market. Yeah,
1: that's a strong market. Buffalo
0: is the Super Bowl favorite. Um
1: and everybody in Buffalo will be watching that game if they're not at the game. Is it at, in, in Buffalo? The,
0: it's in Buffalo. Did you see the number the Buffalo Rams game did in <laughs> Buffalo? Did no, you see I that? It did like a sixty-five share or something.
1: <laughs> it's like the Dallas. <laughs> it's like the Dallas who shot our episode. Like everybody in Buffalo was watching it. I could buy it. I've been to Buffalo. I know people from Buffalo, and I, I could absolutely buy it that uh, they, I, they were that way with the Bills, and they fucking stunk. Let alone when they're a Super Bowl favorite. So yeah, I could I could see it for sure.
0: So the first game kicks off seven fifteen Eastern. So forty five minutes. Right, Raw starts at eight on the East Coast, right? Yeah. Right, right, right. So forty-five minutes before Raw kicks off, the second game kicks off at eight thirty. Oh, yeah, that second game is going to end well after Raw. So Raw,
1: yeah, they have no no free time. A,
0: a football game starts before Raw, and a football game will end after Raw is off the air. The entire three hours is covered in its entirety by these two football games, and they're both decent games. I mean, Minnesota Phillies a a. a, a that's as strong a game you're going to get on a Monday night in the modern era. Cause all the, the, the marquee games go to go to Sunday night football. Now as most as I, you know, sports fans know that, but a lot of our listeners aren't sports fans. So the last 15 years ago or whatever, when they made that change, um, Monday night football used to be the marquee game of the week. Now it's Sunday night football. So, um, but so Minnesota Philly is a really strong game by Monday night football standards. And yeah, and Buffalo, of course, is everybody's trendy pick to win the Super Bowl. So yeah, it won't be easy uh, next week. If you want to take uh, week three, will that be the true judge? Oh, they're going up against the Dallas Cowboys, Rich. Dallas at Giants. Giants.
1: Oh, whoa. Uh oh. So you got Dallas and the New York Giants. Yeah, uh oh. That's not great.
0: Now, no Dak Prescott, but. uh, It's still the Cowboys, man. It's it's still the Cowboys. They're still. I think uh, the top ten rated regular season football games last year, five of them were Cowboy games, just to give you an idea. So week four, Rams at 49ers. Doesn't get any easier. Uh, week five, Raiders at Chiefs. I don't know. This Monday night schedule is pretty strong <laughs> It looks like the
1: oh, like like NFL knew what they were doing and scheduled some big games on the, on Mondays. It's weird. Uh,
0: Roger Goodell, big AEW fan. Um <laughs>
1: Maybe Shad. Did he sit down in those meetings? That's where we can get real. uh, Is is he possibly in these scheduled meetings? I mean, uh, as an owner, he probably has privy to some of this, right?
0: It's true. I mean, Shad and Tony are on all kinds of committees and shit. Yeah.
1: I'm guessing he did not want his Jaguars on a Monday night
0: at all. He's like, no, 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 no. It's <laughs> yeah. no. no,
1: no, really, no. I, I couldn't. I, I no. Please, like, give yeah. it to Buffalo. Let Buffalo happen. We don't. Give we do Jerry
0: Jones. Give him yeah, give right. Jerry you know, Jerry. Jones a here's another,
1: you get. You have it. You have
0: it. We love you, Jerry. Um, <laughs> right. So anyway, impromptu. Have the, Jagu- topic, have the Jaguars
1: then. ever played on Monday night? I've, I'm trying to like.
0: Well, every team has to have a national TV game. And, and I yeah, think but
1: they can think
0: of a Thursday game. The rules have changed a lot over the years with the new packages. I know that it used to be every team has to have at least one nationally televised game and I think that's still the case but I think now every team has to have at least one Thursday night game which is why you get some sketchy matchups on Thursdays. That's going to be the Amazon package this
1: year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Stat May. Muse tells me they've had quite a few, uh, by the way. so he, he.
0: Yeah, no, every team is on national TV and on Monday. They've had some but gaps, the- though.
1: I'll say they had some gaps. 97, they they, they, they got on there. Uh, 98, two games. 99, two games. Who
0: are you talking two- about, the Jaguars? The
1: Jaguars, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, two games on the 2000. Uh, two, uh, one game in 2001. Then they had a big old five-year gap, which, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> Then 2006, 2007, 2008, they got back in. But they have not had one, Joe, at least if this is updated. They have not had one. Two
0: thousand, I guarantee 2017 they had a couple because they went to the AFC Championship game the year
1: before. Uh, then Step is wrong. They have 2011 as the last Monday Night Football. Really? Ball. Yep.
0: Oh, okay. They I'm sure it's right. December
1: I mean, 5th, 2011, Jacksonville Jaguars versus San Diego Chargers. That's a, that's a bad game uh but that is it yeah that's so they've they've eight and seven on Mondays all time but I have not had a game since 2011 on Monday night football
0: yeah so schedule looks pretty hard the first month or so for raw there's no dog game in there I mean the dog game was this week honestly but it was week one so people were gonna watch regardless
1: uh, we're being told in the note of the chat room that the, uh, the befuddled Jaguars gift, the famous Jaguars gift, is from Monday night. So uh, a Monday night football game. So uh, uh, at, at least gift. one memorable <laughs> Jacksonville Jaguars uh, Monday night football game. So that's a okay, great so gift, I, an all-time great gift, by the way.
0: So, Rich, I undersold that share in Buffalo. They did a 76 share. Oh. <laughs> so for people who don't know what that means, the share is the percentage of televisions oh, turned God. on. What the share is is the percentage of televisions turned that are turned on that are tuned into that. So 76% of the televisions in Buffalo that were in use were watching the Buffalo Rams game on Thursday.
1: <laughs> Just think about that too. Like think about like that percentage of people watching that and and that's people don't, you know, there's are there are people who don't like sports. There are people who don't like football. There are people who are fans of other teams or whatever. That does exist, you know, but in Buffalo it barely exists. Like it, it's, that's remarkable. That, that is an insane number that share. Whoa. Yeah. My God. Huh?
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: not a whole lot else to do in Buffalo. So I get it. So.
0: Yeah. It's a, yeah. Percentage of, percentage of households or viewers that are actually watching TV at that time. So I got it right. I always get and but, but yeah, that's what the share is. That's, mm-hmm. it, it's insanity. That's like, that's super bowl level share number, you know? So, um, yeah, anyway, so impromptu topic the uh, WWE ratings. But uh, we got a lot. We, we're one of these spray to all field shows that we have today.
1: Yeah, uh, we got everything, man. we got, we are going to, I'm going to briefly touch on the uh, El Desperado Juncas Psy match that happened this week. You have not seen it yet. Did you watch it? Or no? I did watch it. Yeah. So I'm not going to spoil too much of it. I'll kind of just let, because I know you have not seen it yet. You can and,
0: spoil it. I don't care. Oh, i not.
1: i I'll talk about it a little bit, but it's getting. It, some people are giving it match of the year buzz, and and I know uh, you and I both like to. Anytime a match gets that sort of buzz, we want to make sure that we uh, have at least yeah. seen it. And and so uh, I I know you mentioned maybe wanting to do a review of it, a written review on 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 flagshippatreon.com. So uh, I'll, I'll give you some of the nuts and bolts of it, and then you uh, I'll obviously you know you you can watch it on your own time and and see. But it's obviously worth your time. Uh, I can definitely say that. But uh, we'll talk about it more at length. Uh, later in the show we got new japan pro wrestling uh, we'll talk about the new japan strong uh, a little bit of, a little bit of risky business here bringing in chris dickinson so we'll talk about that how they've uh, handled that uh, so far uh, they're also back to cheering crowds uh, in new japan so uh, a, a good time to jump back in new japan if, if you've been uh, away for a bit uh, the world of mlw never stopping as it does not Stop again this week. We have plenty to talk about in the world of MLW. Uh, two uh, departures in the company, as well as a brand new partnership, a strategic partnership, Joe, between MLW and a company that I have never heard about. But there's a juicy quote in there that I think we have to touch on and talk about in a bit. So we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. Uh, KG Muto final match. Uh, he's selling some tickets. He is selling some tickets for these things, and not the cheap seats. He is selling the big money tickets. I uh, will talk about what's uh, what's been going on with that. Well,
0: uh, I, I've got some, I've got some scoops.
1: Oh, we got some that. scoopters. All when right, all right.
0: right. I, I've got the reason for those uh, high tickets, and uh, anyway, we'll get to it. When the we reason
1: get to the why topic. they're expensive, or the reason why they're selling.
0: No, the reason why they're so exorbitantly priced. Okay, so okay. I got a lot of, I got a lot of scoops. On that show and also the uh, the All Japan 50th anniversary that we're going to talk about as well. I've
1: yeah, got some perfectly bring that. that up too. All Japan 50th anniversary coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, so we'll talk on that show. And they're also having a, a show the very next night as well uh, that could have some huge ramifications for the future uh, of All Japan. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We also have CMLL, Joe. When is the last time we have talked about CMLL other than, say, Oh my God! Is CML going to die? Uh, what are they doing during COVID? Oh, they're doing nothing during COVID. Uh, it's they're back and they're back in a big way. They had a big time uh, show uh, at Arena Mexico on the nineteenth, uh, and then they have their 89th anniversary show coming up this weekend as well. So we'll touch on that. CML have been forever since we talked. We, t- we touched on a little bit of AAA over the last couple of years, but I cannot even think of the last time we sat down and and, and did like a, a 30 minute discussion about CML.
0: No, we do the we do all the AAA. Uh, pay-per-views. As far as CMLL, we probably haven't talked about CMLL at all since pre-pandemic, and even then, I think it was probably one of the anniversary shows. But I watched—I legitimately watched more CMLL over the last two days than I've watched in the last probably two or three years combined, because their COVID-era shows were the most depressing of any of the COVID era shows for any other company. I mean, um, that those empty arena, Mexico show. I mean, I reviewed some of those matches behind the paywall, some of the ones that were hyped, but the, 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 the atmosphere was so dire. And I really think, um, you know, we always talk about how COVID did a number on new Japan. I thought it hurt CMLL more than any other company in the world, other than the companies that folded. Yes. Oh, and and,
1: and that was, I mean, that was honestly, you know, we had discussions with Cubs fan and uh, LuchaBlog.com about, you know, CML during the pandemic. And and I I don't know if he actually uttered those words officially in writing or whatever, but he said, this is the, this is as close as I think they've come to just shutting down, you know what i mean like it felt so dire they weren't running shows they weren't making any money when they were running shows it was the most worst the worst atmosphere you've ever seen yeah. the guys were not trying nobody was caring it, guys were getting covid and die it just felt like the worst it was just like oh my god what is this company doing and 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 will it survive will it see its 80th anniversary will it see its 88th birthday uh and it has and it's it's come back in a pretty big way too so we'll uh we're gonna touch on well uh, yeah and i watched so there. much
0: of it and I have, a, I, and we're going to do an extended CMLL segment because I have a lot to say about all of the stuff that I watched and the anniversary show. So, um are going to make up for some lost time and do a lot of CMLL today. Yeah,
1: three hours. So that we're that we're we're going to touch on immediately. We're going to hit these other topics real quick, and then the last, uh, you know the last hour or the last two hours will be. Uh, Complete CML, no, maybe not. But I think we'll get an hour. I think we're going to get an hour on CML for sure. Could, so, it's uh, possible. Yeah, I, I want to I carve that out. So I'm going to go a little bit quicker with some of these other ones. Uh, but let's get to this topic at hand here. It is related to the Young Bucks. Uh, so last week, uh, obviously with CM Bucks uh, out burst and suspension his future and what's going to happen that was top of mind and dominating the headlines and that's fine and that was you know he was the main story last week we touched on it a lot last week about what he you know how we got here why this happened all this sort of stuff uh this week slowly but surely as as punks kind of retreated into wherever he is and whatever he's going to do and whatever his future is going to be he's gotten surgery and now he's just kind of gone and done and there's no sort of there's an understanding that this guy's not going to be around for a while, and we don't really have to think about him for a while, and who knows what's going to happen next with him. Uh, the Young Bucks have kind of creeped back up into the news here, and they yesterday tweeted uh, from their Being the Elite Twitter account uh, that there would be no new episode of their web series this week, quote, no Being the Elite this week, on hiatus until further notice, and that was it uh, for that. So Joe, do you want to react to that, or do you want to do the whole thing and then kind of go, circle back to, to all this stuff?
0: No, and then the rest of it with the the, the feelers talk.
1: Yeah, then there were Where? reports that the Young Bucks had sent feelers to WWE, which you know essentially yeah. is hey, you know, do you want us? If, if our contracts are up and we call you guys, do you, do you want us to come there? And uh, you know, people, you know, and bandied about, you know, bandied that about of you know they've sent feelers, yada yada yada. Uh, Fightful unable to confirm anything about that exactly or what it entails or whatnot. Uh, while Dave Meltzer, Wrestling Observer, flat out denied the situation, said that Matt and Nick said that they denied that situation uh, I- entirely. So you got the Bucks doing their all right, thing. So
0: let's attack. Let's attack that first. Well, I did want
1: to bring this up too. While all this is going on, Kenny Omega is hanging out at Sega's offices in Japan. So, oh well, of course. He is. <laughs> so it's uh, like CM Punk. What's this? The investigation. You know, what's he going to do? Is he going to sue somebody? The young Bucks are, you know, cryptically tweeting and all this sort of stuff. And Kenny Omega is like hanging out with a Sonic plush toy. So it's
0: like, well, if he's suspended and he's not being asked to come to work. He could do whatever the fuck he wants. So yeah. what, uh, what is interesting
1: Daniel. though is uh Tokyo Game Show is uh this week and uh AEW's got a game that they're gonna show off at that Tokyo game show. So I don't know. It's interesting that he's in Japan for oh. that. So I don't know. Related or yeah, not I mean, ask questions, I don't know.
0: Well, of course it is, right? I mean
1: Or he just could I mean if if there was any place in the world that that man would go when he had free time, it's it's there. So I, I you know it's well, fucking it, around it, it, by the well, Sega's offices. So
0: Well, Chris Daniels is in Japan too, right? And he's suspended. Cause isn't he there for the um all Japan, uh, all Japan show?
1: show? All Japan show, yeah.
0: And so I mean, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure Kenny will. Uh,
1: Let me confirm that the Tokyo Game too. Show is indeed uh, this weekend, just so I'm not. Uh, I yeah. thought, yeah, Thursday, September 15th through Sunday, September 18th, and I believe AEW yeah. is supposed to have a uh, a booth or a presence there. So yeah, to, uh, Fight Forever will uh, will be featured at the Tokyo Game Show. Yeah. So.
0: Right, well, let's get through this Young Bucks feelers thing, and then we could talk about uh, all the latest. Rumors and gossip with the AEW stuff that's happened since we last did a flagship. I was going to say last week, but I feel like we did a flagship like two days ago. (laughs) It's like
1: four days Uh, ago at this point, yeah.
0: But um, look, I I never thought this story was a big deal either way, whether they had sent feelers to WWE or not. Um, They've got another full year on their deals. First of all, they're not free agents until I believe January of 2024 or somewhere thereabouts. So um, it doesn't really, you know, and and as we see, I mean, a year and three months may as well be 47 years and wrestling years. I mean, so much can change between then and now. The other thing is I would be very surprised if wrestlers on both sides Weren't constantly sending feelers to the other side to gauge interest and see. I don't know why this. uh, Okay, I shouldn't say I don't know why this became a story. I mean, I get why it becomes a story, but to me, it's not a story. Whether you know they deny it, but whatever. Whether they've been on the phone with you know Paul Levesque or not, I, I I don't think it's a big deal. I mean, that's that's just what you do. I mean, in a situation where there's two major league companies and you're going to work them against each other and get the best deal possible, um, you know, calling up your friends and whispering to the other side to to see, uh, hey, are they talking about me? I mean, that just seems like the prudent thing to do, especially if you're not entirely happy in your company and you have this guy that you see as an interloper, you know, meaning CM Punk and, you know, and. You know, maybe it's time to to finally explore that other option. I mean, they all the elite almost all signed there anyway. I was going to
1: say they've already done that. They already explored that option. <laughs> they almost did it before uh, Tony said, "No, no, no, hold on, I got something here. Don't do that. Got something."
0: So I think, I think this whole story is just a I, to me, it's it's not a story. At least,
1: well, uh, here's here's how I take it, and, and we, we we touched on this when AEW started. Go back and listen to our episodes when AEW started. We said that this is going to usher in this era of wrestling where every wrestler should always be trying to see what they can get from the other side. Even if you want to stay, even if you have zero intentions, zero intentions of ever going to WWE, you got to at least call and say, hey, you know, make me an offer. Hey, what do you guys think? It's just, it's fiscally irresponsible not to do that. That is what you do. You leverage the fact that there's another major league pro wrestling company that has money out there. And hell, maybe you get an offer you can't refuse and go, well, all right, screw it then. I'll take that offer. Or you take that offer that they gave you and said, hey, here's what they're offering me or can you match this or, or do better or, or give me some, that's just, that's just how this works. That's just how a healthy pro wrestling ecosystem works. And that it, a lot of people, again, we say people are shocked by this because they didn't. There's there's a lot of new fans that didn't live through WCW, that didn't live through WWF actually having competition in the marketplace and actually there being another major league company and actually having a major player to go. Impact was never that. Guys would go to Impact. You know, Christian went to Impact. Guys would go to Impact, but it never was that true leverage buster you could say, "Hey, look, Impact's going to give me this." So you guys you got to counteract with this or whatever. It was there to always kind of be that fallback that you could go to, and that's good, and it it, it played a part in that ecosystem, but it, there's never been – since WW went away, and really the last two years of WW pretty much irrelevant. Pretty much it's 1999 is the last time that there was truly a place that you could say, hey, look, um, I'm maybe going to leave my company. Do you guys have something that you can offer to me? and you take that you always going to you always have to have that conversation you always have to send those feelers out and it's fiscally responsible not to do that so i am more shocked that the young bucks wouldn't do that i'm more shocked I, everybody should do that every single wrestler that has a contract up in the next year should ask their friend to ask their friend to ask their friend if they'd be interested in them and that if that's w- worth making a call to that's just what you do that is how business is done so to me it's a complete non story an absolute zero non story so I, I get I get why people brought it up. I get why people freaked out. I get why people were doing that, because that's what we you know, the, the world that we live in now, but they should send feelers out. Everybody should send feelers out. Kenny Omega should be doing the same thing right now.
0: And a lot of people may not even understand what sending feelers means. It means just trying to gauge interest from the other side or making you making it known to the other side that you're open for business.
1: Right. Hey, my contract's uh, up know, in a year. Ask you know, let them know my contract's up in a year and 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 we consider, you know, a move. And that could be I mean, from people, a text to a friend to sit in a room and kind of nudge, you know, Paul on the shoulder. and say Hey, what about those bucks? What do you think about the young bucks? You know, I mean? just to kind of get, you know, just something as basic as that. It's, it's not a, it's not the young bucks flying to Titan towers and sitting in a meeting room with Paul. It's not that it, it, it could be a simple. You as- probably
0: ever people listening probably do this in their everyday life. I know in my line of work, um, you know, I would get phone calls or texts now and then from people who I worked with or worked for, or, or who worked under me. And it'd be like, you know, uh, Hey, how are things going over there? And I know right where this kind of calls <laughs> right, 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 you know, and it's like, uh, you know, Hey, is Dan looking for a store manager or is, you know, is, is Ralph looking for an area supervisor? And that's, that's sending out feelers. That's, you know, uh, getting in touch with an ally and seeing what's going on. Cause you know, whatever their job situation isn't great, or they're looking to make a change or a move, or they're unhappy with where they are. So, I mean, that's essentially what it is. And, and I think that, um, you know, maybe that term is something people don't understand or whatever. But you know, the young bucks obviously, and not just the young bucks, but all of these wrestlers have friends in the opposite company, and of course they're going to talk to these people. And you know, you're—it's like any other job where if maybe if things aren't going well and you're feeling shitty about it, and it's like, ah, you know what? Fuck these guys. Let me let me let me just let me dip my toes and 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 see if there would be some interest from the other side i just do not think it's a big deal i think it probably happens way more than i think it might surprise some people how often that those kinds of conversations happen so either because they're legitimately interested in possibly making a move or just because um you know you want to increase your leverage there's a million different reasons i i don't know i think uh, whether they did or they didn't really i Again, I, I'm with you. I, I, I think to me, it's not really much of a story. And I don't think to the type of people who listen to this show, they they would think of it as much of a story. Do you want to get to some rumors and conjecture and blow up Reddit now? Do you want to do, you want uh, to do sure. that? Sure.
1: Yeah, if you got them, if you got some um, rumors and conjecture, let's go. Yeah. Next, out.
0: Well, there's a, you know, I was, I was having a conversation earlier this week with somebody who is um, very tuned in to, to, uh, to AEW and, and, um, and knows a lot of people inside the company and someone who um, maybe one of the top, you know easily two or three people I would trust in this business to to not lead me astray with information or anything like that. a very trustworthy person. I'll text you the name while we're doing the okay. segment. Right. Um, and there's a belief among some that uh, CM Punk is is an employee of aew. Not just a contracted independent contractor slash wrestler, and that that might be what's complicating the investigation uh, okay. and all of this because that changes the entire game. Yeah, if he has, if he if he's an actual employee and holds some sort of position in addition to being a talent, and that was part of his deal and part of the enticement to come into the company to begin with. And Punk would have the kind of leverage to demand that sort of thing, you know, and everything that comes with being an employee, which could be anything from profit share to health insurance to retirement plans to anything, you know, it would make a lot of sense. Now, what was interesting is as I was having this conversation, I was thinking back to the presser and Punk had a really weird line, Rich, when and and you may recall where he said. I'm trying to build a business here. Yes, and everyone was kind of like, "What the fuck's he talking yeah. about? Like, <laughs> get, he,
1: get a load of this asshole! Yeah, get like a load of this guy! The like, he's just a wrestler. Yeah, like, you're talking about the guys that actually do own the place, you know, or are the or EVPs? Yeah, but maybe right, he does right,
0: right. own part yep. of the place. Yep.
1: We we have always said, we have always said, as long as this podcast has existed, we said CM Punk, he never meant, his words always mean something. He's never just says stuff to say stuff. He's always <laughs> There's there's intent and there's reason about everything that that guy says, everything he says. And maybe that's a line we should have paid more attention to.
0: Yeah, I mean, it just seemed like a weird out of place line and part of the insane ramblings of an insane person who was on tilt that night. But if he really is an employee and not just an independent contractor, and if he does have a stake in the company or something, which which I wasn't told. There's just a belief that he might be an employee. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I don't know I, the, the the stake in the company. That's just me speculating now, based on that line in the presser. I'm trying to build a business here. What? You're a fucking wrestler. Yeah, you know. But now, if he really is an employee, that line makes a lot more sense, right? So it's just something to think about. And it does he would complicate everything in terms of. It would be much harder to fire him. It would be because the laws change. Independent contractor, right? Employment
1: employee. laws. I, I don't know. You know, at will versus. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, there could be a lot of other complications that come with, especially when it's two. You know, and, and the Bucks we know are employees, and Omega are employees. So it's two employees fighting. It's not just two wrestlers. You know, you can't just tell a guy, all right, guys, come on, stop doing. It. It, it's too. Different employment laws. Different lot. Law, yeah, we we need to have a an employment lawyer. Or somebody you know really get on and, and and let us know about the intricacies of that. But uh, you just know it's it's a, it's a lot more than if it's just two. Wrestler is fucking around and, and and getting in a fight. That that's nothing. But yeah, two employees, that's that's a little different. So it, it would
0: definitely complicate matters for sure and explain why um all of this is taking so long to sort out or whatnot. Um I also heard that, you know, I, I think we would all agree that there's probably people in that locker room that fall on both sides. There's gonna be punk people. There's gonna be elite people, and I mean in terms of the other wrestlers and whatnot, right? I mean, there's going to be people who just... Of course. And
1: that's why we said, like, last week, you know, be, be very, very mindful of where you're getting your news from and and, and who might be talking to who and, and, and all that sort of stuff, because... Things went from, you know, the stories were so different <laughs> depending on what, you know, path you were going to. You know, one path is the young bucks are kicking down the door and and they're being total dorks. And and then one path is Kenny Omega's running into a burning building and grabbing a dog and getting it out. It's like, all right, you got to be very mindful of who's telling these stories and, and, and why they might be telling you that version of that story or whatever. We're not saying that anyone was true or anyone was false. Just, yeah, be mindful that there, there are people that have that have taken sides, that have sides, and and it's more advantageous for them to tell their part of the story or the story that they want you to know versus you know what the actual truth was, which you know some of these people might not even actually know the truth, but have heard you know second, third, fourth hand telephone you know I, I, on this stuff.
0: So, but to just give you an example of that, I mean, there are see because punks, so much of the punk stuff was public and front facing because it happened at the presser, right? Right. So he looks like a complete maniac and looks like he's like a thousand percent in the wrong and all that. Well, I got something secondhand, not from, not directly from a wrestler, but secondhand. But again, from somebody who I trust implicitly, someone who I have total trust in. And I texted you the name. Okay. So this is the same person from the first. Yeah. Okay. So I got this secondhand, but this is from a wrestler. Okay. But uh, And this is just one wrestler's point of view, but this is just to give our listeners an example of how people in the locker room are going to take all different sides in this and stuff. But uh, at least to this one person in the company, they agree that Punk was unprofessional, obviously, and this probably isn't going to end well for them. But this person doesn't agree that Punk is a locker room cancer, especially compared to the elite. Because in, in this person's view, the elite are the ones that are never present. They leave early. They don't hang around the back. They seem detached from everybody else. While on the other hand, Punk is always around. He, does, he doesn't just do his segment and then disappear. He watches all of the, uh, of the tapings. He watches Dark. He watches Rampage. He gives advice when asked. And that kind of paints a very different picture than the maniac we saw at the presser, right? And that kind of paints a very different picture than the guy who everyone thinks is this self self-absorbed, egomaniacal, selfish dude. But, and again, this is only one person's point of view. I'm sure you can get a dozen other people who have the opposite point of view. Punk is aloof. Punk never talks to anybody. Uh, Kenny Omega is the greatest guy in the world. Nick Jackson is, you know. So, again, I'm giving you one person's perspective secondhand. So, keep that in mind. But it just goes to show that when it comes to that locker room, okay, even though Punk went fucking batshit crazy, it's hardly an across the board thing where it's anti Punk and this guy's a cancer and he's eating the locker room from the inside out and he has, and everything was ruined in this company when he showed up and everything was great before he got here. That's not the case. There are plenty of people back there who are Team Punk, who think the elite are passive aggressive little worms, you know. And that Kenny Omega thing, which kind of slipped through the cracks in a lot of ways, where he stood up at the talent meeting allegedly, and said that I wouldn't even have hired eighty percent of you. Did you hear that quote, Rich? Oh, I did not.
1: I- no, I did not. That's
0: so. See, so is what I mean. It didn't get a lot of uh, press. And I forget who it reported originally, but allegedly Kenny Omega stood up at that talent meeting a couple weeks ago, before all this went down. And his portion of it was, I wouldn't even have hired 80% of you, right? Well, (laughs) this person says he really said that. And the phrasing was, 8 out of 10 of you wouldn't work here if it was up to me. You cannot stand up there as an EVP. (laughs) And say that 80% of you in this room wouldn't work here if it was... I mean, to me, to me, that's just as disrespectful to Tony Khan as what CM Punk did. And you may disagree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. if I get in front of a room of of wrestlers that Tony Khan hired as an EVP, and I stand up in front of that room, standing right next to Tony Khan, and I say, I wouldn't have hired 80% of you, that's just as disrespectful to Khan... As what Punk did publicly, in my view. And again, reasonable minds can disagree. So, we were pretty hard on Punk last week.
1: Do you? Uh, who Who was the original source of that quote? I'm I'm having trouble finding because it it's it's I can't it's, remember. It's getting jumbled in, in a whole. Oh, uh, Brian, was it Brian Last? Don't know. Okay, I'm not sure. I'm trying. It's getting. It's I'm going through. You know, the game is helpful All right. So here. the, the chat room
0: says Cornette and Brian Last reported this per Reddit which is probably why I didn't get much press because people were like, oh, Cornette, who gives a fuck? Right? He's probably full of shit, right? But (laughs) I can tell you...
1: (laughs) most times.
0: (laughs) Right, so why would you pay attention to it?
1: Right, right.
0: But I can tell you that, again, secondhand, through an intermediary, that that, they said that is true, can you make a sense Okay,
1: and I I trust the person that you sent me much, much, much more than I trust. Brian Brian Last and Jim Cornette, Cornette, a.k.a. um, Well, think of what tags – it's just in your mind. There's probably you know wrestlers that uh, would most enjoy the Jim Cornette podcast that might offer their take. So that's why, yeah, from anything coming from them, I'm a little I'm a little dubious about uh, uh, the the direct sourcing there uh, between Cornette and Brian. But uh, yeah,
0: so uh, you know I, th- the point here is we were really hard on Punk last week, and for good reason. But I thought it was interesting in this conversation that I had over the course of the week that gave a, a you know a, a perspective from the complete opposite side right like i think the elite are you know now I'm paraphrasing i think the elite are these aloof douchebags who don't have any time for anybody and they're telling us that they wouldn't even have hired us and meanwhile punk is sitting here watching the dark tapings and is available for, for anyone for advice and 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 you know don't get me wrong punk was wrong but Maybe not, you know, maybe he's not. Well, maybe maybe he's saying and, stuff that
1: a lot of okay. other people are thinking, but he's just right. doing it in a CM Punk way where he, he just goes scorched earth and drops the fucking napalm down and, and lights it on fire, which he usually does. Uh, but maybe he's saying some stuff that other people think. Yeah, I, I, I have noticed a little bit. This week seems to be the week. Like last week was the okay, this guy's a fucking nutcase. Like. This guy's off the rails. What's he doing? What's he saying? What you know, yada yada yada. This week it did feel like we were going a little bit more. Okay, now let's let's maybe start looking at maybe there was other reasons going. Out. You know, maybe there were other people that that, that so it, it, it that that checks out with what the larger tenor of the conversation's been uh this Absolutely. week. Absolutely. And
0: let me tell you something. If punk is an employee, if that is true and punk has a stake in the success of the company, a- again, it doesn't excuse how unhinged he was, but it also gives a little more clarity as to why he might be that upset. Right. Because now he's got more skin in the game other than just his dopey fucking feuds and programs. If, if, if he's got a, you know, some stake in the success of the company independent of himself. So. Uh, That is something to think about. And maybe this will be one of those things that, you know, we casually drop and then uh, everybody else does the hard work and confirms it. So, so we'll see if that's how this plays (laughs) out. But um, anyway, you know, I I figure, you know, this is a topic that's not going away. And, uh, you know, it's that, that was the latest. Have you heard any new shit concerning any of this? On I have end?
1: not. No, I, I haven't heard much else uh, about it. I've just been kind of reading the tea leaves and, and trying to it's kind
0: of a quiet week, right? It has so, been a
1: quiet week. The Kenny stuff that popped up and him being in Japan is, is interesting. I, I definitely want to keep an eye on that uh, to see if he pops up at the Tokyo Game Show or, or you see him anywhere uh, or, or or there's any... that That to me is the most fascinating thing because if he's still doing official company capacity stuff just outside of the quote-unquote company, then that, you know... Leads me to believe, because there, there there's there's people with real concerns that, hey, this is the end of it, you know, the, 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 that the Bucks are going to lose their EVP status, they might be gone, yada, yada, all that sort of stuff. Uh, I think it would be really, really interesting to see if Omega is still involved in, like, the video game end of that. That would make me think, okay, there there's probably just a cooler heads prevail, hey, everybody just kind of chill out for a little bit, and then we'll, we'll come back uh, to the table here in a bit, but... Uh, and we'll bring you back in, in in a while, but we just have to suspend everybody. But if he's you know not there at all, if he's in, in Japan but not involved in the AEW, you know, uh, um, you know the 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 booth or whatever. At the Tokyo Game Show for for the game that he you know is 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 spearheading a lot of it, that is going to be very interesting and very telling for me. So I've kind of kept an eye on that and sort of following. Okay, where have these people been? And then obviously thinking about okay, what are we going to do with being the elite? And then we got that new you know news this you know this week. It's oh okay, being elite's on a hiatus. That's interesting because how are they going to navigate being the elite? How are they going to do being the elite? That's something that you know what's the next step in that? We 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 now know that so. I haven't been hearing kind of any of the the, the dirt or the scoops, but more kind of the back end, you know, okay, follow where these people are now and and, and what's going to happen next as, as this investigation continues going on. So.
0: Yeah, I think they should just shut down being the elite. I mean, I think everybody should just shut it down until this investigation's over and it all settles. And we all think there's going to be, everyone seems to think there's going to be lawsuits, especially if people get fired. So, um, you know, if they're, if they're suspended from their employment right now, then uh, just from the perspective of, all right, well, why would we keep promoting the company anyway? If the end result could be that we're out of here, you know, because that's still on the table, too. Um, So I don't know. That's not really that surprising of a story either that they would shut down being the elite for now.
1: No, it's like a backstage video. Then what are they going to do? Just like. Yeah sit in their house and <laughs> to you know, did people, about, yeah. gonna, did people think they were going to,
0: did people think they were going to air the fight? I mean, you know, it's, it's, and, and, and they're certainly not going to do sort of these sarcastic, passive aggressive inside jokes regarding any of this. Uh, Cause they can't, I mean, that would be really dumb if they did. So yeah, I don't know what kind of content could be on it. it you know, they're not at the shows. They can't. So yeah, I don't know. That doesn't really surprise me either. I also don't watch Being the Elite at all, like ever. Do you watch me? Yeah, I,
1: I check in once every couple of months or whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll look, but it's it's not really my cup of tea. I mean, people love that stuff, and yeah, it's just it's yeah. Fun.
0: I'm not knocking it. I just I don't I don't really have any interest in it. I just want to watch wrestling.
1: Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, um, uh, somebody asked us about the all out numbers. You want to talk about the all pay per view numbers? We didn't have that in our run sheet, but I guess we can uh, we can we can touch on
0: that if you'd like. Yeah, they landed right where I thought they would. I mean, I, I think we briefly touched on it when the very first estimates came out. Is, so, is there new information? I don't, uh, I don't
1: think there's anything new, yeah, other than what we have. Yeah, I, that, that's what I was going to say, is I think we we kind of, you know, this is what we sort of predicted they would have. It's, you know, the, yeah. the, the I thought they were... wouldn't touch
0: last year, and it would, yeah, what were the estimates again? Uh, they one, were like one, uh, uh,
1: 135 to 142, so...
0: I, that's a little low. I thought they would hit 150, and I thought the early estimates were one a little over 150. Um, but if the new estimates are coming in... 135 to that 142. That was
1: in the newsletter this week, as Dave Meltzer saying, yeah, between 135 and 142.
0: Yeah. Then that that would be lower than I expected. I thought 150. um, 135, to one, yeah, that'd be a little low. I'm curious what Thurston would have. He's usually a little different than Dave, but he's also usually a little lower than Dave. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I know at the scrum, it obviously wasn't the lead topic but Khan was saying that, yeah, it was going to come in under last year. And I forget the rest of what he said. But, um, yeah, a tad low. I would call that a tad low. Yeah, I would on- say
1: 150. I, I, I'd i like to see that official, you know, if, if, if what, what Thurston comes up with. But, yeah, 150 would I- – you're you're out of your mind if you think it was going to get anywhere near 200,000. I mean, we we talked about no. that. That is a number that should probably just be stricken from the record book. Like that was such a a, a perfect storm of things happening, and and you know, it's it, it's a tough one to ever compare stuff ever again too. But that's below Revolution and Double or Nothing, so that's that's not good. Yeah, you definitely want it. Um, so we'll we'll see. You'll see when Thurston's numbers come out. It's still kind of the estimates or whatever, which might be the best we ever get, unfortunately, because. Uh, uh, they tend to kind of trickle out weirdly, but yeah, we'll see. But, yeah, it's not good. Um, it's not great. I, I would definitely say 150 is where they needed to be.
0: Yeah, wh- that's what we said the week before. I thought it would be... Um, this is killing my gimmick as the accurate pay-per-view predictor. But, uh, you know, so that lasted one show. But, um, yeah, a little low. I would agree. A little low.
1: Uh, anything else in uh, AEW land that you wanted to uh, to touch on?
0: Um. That's all I got. I'll, we'll see if anything happens. Well, you'll be gone next week. And then, uh, which I'm sure now it'll all be
2: resolved.
1: Uh, <laughs> it'll all be resolved. Everything will be nice and tidy. and uh, Or yeah. everybody will be fired on, on, you know, Tuesday next week. Everybody will be fired. Or Thursday this week, you know, the Young Bucks have been released and, and they're gone. And Kenny Omega's... Indefinitely suspended, and CM Punk is the new EVP. Or so you know who knows who the fuck knows what's going to happen, but something something wild and and crazy, I'm sure. So Vince yeah. McMahon will die or something this week, I'm, I'm sure. So not not to wish death on anybody, I actually really wish he would not do that this week. So uh, we'll see when it ends up uh...
0: Someone wants to know: Is that an indictment on Punk as a draw at all? In the chat, I would say no. I mean, um, let's say it did 142. All right, so they came in. I think it's Eight an indictment under
1: booking. I think it's an indictment under booking because it's just you know you did the you ha- you did the CM Punk Moxley thing on on Dynamite. You some people saw the match and thought all right, well that's good. I, I've I'm you know I that I I still I know I know why they did it. I get it, but that to me is more a result of of, of that match happening more than yeah.
0: CM not Punk's only that, Gunpower. I just I I don't think like the numbers a disaster or anything. I just think it's a little low. Like I don't think it's I don't think that number is indicative of anything other than. It came in slightly below Joe Lanza's estimate. I mean, what does that even mean? Now, I do think it should have been about 150 based on the other pay-per-views previous to Forbidden Door, like you said. But um, a pay-per-view coming in a couple thousand buys low, I don't think – I think it would be dangerous to make sweeping judgments on on anybody's drawing power involved or – or anything like that. And I don't know why Punk specifically. I mean Moxley was in that match too. Why wouldn't it, if it's gonna reflect poorly on Punk, why wouldn't it <laughs> right, reflect right. poorly on Moxley as well? Um and yeah, maybe doing the match twice did ultimately ultimately wasn't didn't turn out to be a great move. I mean the match felt hot to me. Um the numbers always tell the truth on these things. It's like the numbers are like white spandex; it they tell no lies, right? So it's you know whether a match was truly hot or not based on the number it does, and that you know goes for television ratings, the pay per views, uh, tickets sold, all of those things. So uh, the show sold, you know, ten or eleven thousand tickets, whatever it was. Um, it did a million dollar gate. And it did a slightly underwhelming amount of pay-per-view buys. When you take that all told, um, I don't know if that says anything about either of the people in the main event. Right. To be completely honest, that's you know, in my opinion. Are you still there? Because my laptop. froze. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: good. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm here.
0: All right. Well, we're just gonna ignore the fact that uh, my laptop froze. Because all that matters is that.
1: Uh, <laughs> also, you can't. You're 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 done. You can't do anything, but. You can still I mean, hear me, I, and I, I can still hear you. Okay, well, I, well.
0: Anything in terms of, like, um, you know, if you could hear me, then I guess yeah, I don't know. Uh, to. you're good. You know, uh, all that matters. I, I will, I mean, I'll
1: send you a message if I if I stop hearing you, so. Um.
0: Yeah, that that's really all that matters. I mean, I can't I mean, I mean, can't flip over the cage match to look something up real quick, but.
1: <laughs> well, that's going to be a problem later in the show. I think I, we're
0: going to have to. I can do the fucking show. I, I, let me see if I can get this to... I probably shouldn't fuck with it, though, right?
1: Uh, Well, now's the good time to fuck with it, I would say. If, you, if you're going have to fuck with it. control
0: wouldn't be a, a great idea right now. um eh, go for task it. Task Manager? Yeah, let's
1: let's get a Task Manager. Something's, something's causing some problem there.
0: Let's close a bunch of shit. Yes. Yeah, let's let's do that. Dumb shit. Open. Um, get that stuff out of here. Well, Audacity don't need to be open. That's...
1: now we're streaming live to the world. The chat room. The, thank you. Hello, Nodo
0: chatroom. Just the Chrome, just the Chrome. All right, we're back in business. Hey, yeah. back get that
1: up. audacity out of there. So,
0: yeah. All right,
1: let's <laughs> back go. at it. All right, so that is AW. That's the Young Bucks. Um, we're gonna get to some of the other stuff uh, before we do that. Do want to let you know about flagshippatreon.com. We have some really really cool stuff uh, coming up. Over the next couple of weeks and, and coming up in the next couple of days as well. We just got done recording, well literally what, <laughs> twenty four hours ago, we got done recording the deep dive, a brand new deep dive. Do we want to reveal what it is or what what the topic is? Well, or do we want people when to get it? uh, it'll be posted eh, by the time a lot. Of, the note chat room, uh, you guys are listening live, so you're but most of the other people listening it will it'll have been posted already. So
0: Well then I let's think spoil it. <laughs> let's
1: spoil it. I think for
0: the ten dollar live listeners, we should uh let's reveal to them what the deep dive topic is. Why not?
1: Let's do it. So the deep dive coming up, uh, we'll be releasing probably tomorrow on the, on the 14th, uh, Wednesday, the 14th. Uh, it is the deep dive, the midnight express versus the original midnight express. And Joe, this was your pitch, your idea. Uh, do you want to kind of set the stage for what we talk about in this deep dive?
2: Sure.
0: So in 1988, Paul, E. dangerously along with Randy Rose and Dennis Condry, uh, perpetrated a shocking attack of Jim Cornette, Stan Lane and Bobby Eaton during a Stan Lane singles match on the, uh, on the, on the NWA 605 show kicking off the, uh, the now infamous midnight express versus original midnight express feud, which only lasted about four months in real time. And the, the feud ended up being uh, really an enormous bomb for a variety of reasons that we will not give away here. We will discuss on the deep dive. Booking changes, ownership changes in the company, all sorts of drama. Uh, really killed what started off as a red hot angle. And uh, because it's the deep dive, we're not just going to go over the four month duration of the feud. Oh no, this deep dive t- uh, begins in 1980 and doesn't end until uh what july of 1989 yeah so mm-hmm. we're going to take you through the entirety of the 80s and deep dive and examine the original midnight express versus the midnight express feud of uh 1988 so that is the deep dive topic uh that will uh be on the patreon five dollar fee
1: dollar tier yep
0: so if you're listening live to the flagship right now you will have access to to that deep dive because you were on the ten dollar tier if you are listening to the flagship um at some other point over the course of the week and you are not a subscriber and you want to hear how, what did we do like two and a half hours or I was, something
1: I think it was two hours and 40 minutes when it was all said and done Holy so, shit. Yeah. So, it's either 215 uh, or 245 I forget but it's either way you got a lot of you got a lot little, of us little
0: editing little editing requires a little
1: uh, bit. no no, there was just one point where I said something and I think you were gone but no not that no, not much editing I think we, we did okay
0: you, you want to know why I was gone I remember when this happened because that fucking cat attacked me again <laughs> And and jumped on my back with its claws and I'm like I, I, I hit mute and I was like ah I'm screaming. And then the cat stole my pen and ran off with the pen in its mouth, and I had to put down the headset and go chase the cat around the house. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that that's why. But
1: um, Oh, and there was like, the, ru- the nurse running too, for uh, a random bite that uh, needed identifying, too. So that uh, yes. so that had to get edited off as well, but that's all
0: right. But the point is you're going to get well over two hours of uh, deep dive on that particular topic. That'll be on the- A
1: bug bite, by the way, not a human bite. Just want to clarify that.
0: In case. Well, you are in Chicago, and Ace Steel is always lurking around. <laughs> exactly. So, you, you got to be
1: careful. Hold uh, the Steel Dominion, uh, uh, you know, not that far from here. So, yeah, you got to be careful uh, uh, about biting in Chicago. It happens a lot. But, uh, no, it was a, a, a bug bites that uh, we had to identify. But, yeah, that is on the $5 tier, uh, Deep Dive Midnights versus the original Midnights. The great thing about the, uh, the Deep Dive is we give you a playlist as well, so you can follow along with us. Uh, with matches and promos and all the other good stuff, which is the key to the deep dive. You can listen to the deep dive and you're going to get just as much out of it, but you're going to get even more out of it if you listen and watch along with the videos, watch along with the promos. Uh, just a completely different uh, uh, way to experience it and a better, the, the, pre- the, the best way to experience a deep dive, yeah, is to watch along with us uh, or, or, you know. Listen to us, pause, watch the video, listen to us again. That sort of style uh, is probably the best way to do it. So you got the deep dive up there. I'll be on the $5 tier at flagshippatreon.com uh, Yeah, some- that
0: comes with that great playlist, like you're saying, of yeah, all the videos yeah, yeah. that we selected that tell the story of the feud. And and speaking of bites, I had a girlfriend once who was into the astrology bullshit. Okay. And uh, she had an astrology book, and she was like, Hey, I'm a Virgo. And and it said in the in, in the book, it said it says here, that if you bite a Virgo on the buttocks, it will give him an instant erection.
1: Okay. Right? She, and she tested out the theory.
0: So she's like, I want to try this. And I was like, oh, I mean, if you want to bite my ass cheek. What kind of bite you know, are we
1: talking here? Did, did she clarify what type as like a, you know, a playful bite or like a, a, a chomp? Because
0: that's that's. Yeah. Well, if you don't think there's more to this story. Okay. You don't know <laughs> go on. Go so. on. All right. I'm like, all right, I'm game. You know, let's, yeah. let's see if this. sounds does uh... like voters. Yeah, voters are great. So cool. Let's do it. So I pull down the old trousers, right? And I'm like, you know, bite away. So she takes a big old bite out of the uh, fucking fleshy part of the ass cheek there. And um, I have to report, Rich, it did not give me an instant direction. No, did it, so did it draw blood? It, no, she didn't bite me that hard. Okay, so it's but, just, uh, a, you know. I felt it, though. Like you know, she she. It wasn't she a
1: playful me. bite. It was a. It was an intentional. It was an intent bite.
0: It was an attempt at a sexy bite, I guess. Okay. But all right. Well, that's
1: probably would, why you uh, get the. She probably has to munch down in there to get that erection. You gotta, you know, really. Get I going. just
0: think the astrology is bull. I look. <laughs> I don't think that you fighting-
1: are you. You're saying the stars are wrong, not you.
0: <laughs> I, maybe the fucking moon wasn't in the right <laughs> quarter or some shit, but all I know. Is this girl biting my ass cheek? Did not give me the instant erection that the astrology book said gives the Virgo male, so it didn't work out that way.
1: I'm a Pisces, so I, I have nothing to offer to this. I don't know where, what what you have to bite on me to give me an erection.
0: I'm shocked <laughs> but... you're not a Libra. I'm shocked you're not a Libra.
1: You care about this stuff way more than I do. I don't even know what that I, means. That I, I, don't even, I don't even know what that means or what I should say about that. So I'm it's just gonna because
0: move. of this X, I happen to know.
1: Oh, OK. All right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What sure. all
0: the fucking signs are supposed to be.
1: Uh huh.
0: Right. And like the Libra always like wants to be fair and avoid confrontation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. See, good. so you, you ripped me, but you you fit the description of a Libra. What's what which which once again shows that astrology is bullshit because you're a Pisces. See
1: when's when's a birthday for a, a Libra? Let me see, because I'm I'm on a, I'm totally like October. A, oh, I'm nowhere near that. Yeah, no, it's
0: yeah, not you're not close. on the border either.
1: No, because I'm I'm like a weird. I'm like a day away from being a leapier uh, kid, so uh, that could have of uh, turned things around in a weird way. But no, I'm not. I'm not related to any of that stuff. So
0: yeah, you're the fucking, you're the, you're the two fish. The, the, the the fucking... fi- yeah, I don't
1: even know what the fi- what 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 does that mean about me, Joe?
0: Uh, it's Since the, you the, have but, all the knowledge, I don't, I don't know a ton about Pisces. <laughs> But they it is the two fish. Yeah, it's like yeah. twins. I guess. Yeah, sure. You no, know, the Virgo is a virgin. That's what. And I you're
1: am. you're the Virgo, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's
0: the virgin. You know. So uh you think about the astrology. <laughs> <It's> is dumb. <laughs> there's so many traits.
1: Well, and then there's there. You put. Have you noticed this like now I don't know I think now it's probably been going on for 2000 years but there's like oh that's your sun sign but your moon yeah. sign I'm like oh get out of
0: here cuz you're just trying to find some shit that fits like
1: <laughs> like no, no 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 you're not being your sun but you're being your moon I'm like get the fuck out of here
0: go away it's like there'll be 40 different traits right right for a, well, of for course I'm going to fit
1: into one of these <laughs> like
0: yeah like you'll like eight or nine of them will fit and you'll be like whoa it is true, but you ignore like the other 26 that don't right, have, right, right. don't fit you at all. You know, it's like anything else that's faith based. You just kind of have to believe.
1: All right. Well, now that Joe's buried religion and astrology, let's get into it. Uh... <laughs> all right. but You know what you can believe in? Professional wrestling. You know what we can believe in? Oh, yeah. A few more uh, flash of Patreon things here, real quick. I was going to seamlessly get into CMLL. Because uh, they've been around for 89 years, but uh, a few other flagship Patreon things. Uh, a brand new episode of Goldberg 173 and 1 just went up last week, uh, covering the uh, month of August uh, in Goldberg's uh, 1998. Uh, we're going to go month by month with this series. Obviously, the next episode will come out later in September, early October, uh, covering all of the month of September. And uh, things are getting a little dicey. Things are getting a little dicey. They gave the title to Goldberg. He had his win streak, and now they have no idea what to do with him. So he's facing such luminaries as Al Green and Scott Putzky, and he's in Battle Royals, and he's not booked on other shows, and he's missing shows, and they don't know what the fuck they're doing with him. So we now have the, uh, the, the, the next chapter of this Goldberg up. Uh, chapter 2, 173, and one Al Green and Scott Putzky, really, is what it's called. But uh, yeah, fifty-three minutes uh, on Goldberg's uh, uh, August of nineteen ninety-eight, uh, and then uh, obviously NFL Intelligentsia as well. Those came out uh, last week uh, as well. Those were previews for the NFC and AFC. Some uh, some betting advice or not advice, entertainment advice. If you are going to, uh, uh, you know, you can, you can glean some some knowledge. Uh, from those. But uh, I, I've uh, listened to a few of them. listen uh, listened to bits and pieces of it. Like, rave reviews from everybody as well. So NFL Intelligentsia. We can do other... We can do non-wrestling stuff, uh, too, on, on the Patreon. We do do that uh, several times as well. So those are also available on the $5 tier flagship patreon.com. Uh, and you might get a, a bonus new series from me as well uh, in the next few days. I, I have one recorded. I'm not sure that I... Uh, I, wanted, I wanted to have a few more recorded before I left, but maybe I'll just have the one and drop it and see what people think. But uh, that might be coming in the next couple days. But... Uh, Uh, open to uh, holding it off until I come back as well. So we'll see uh, what ends up happening there. But uh, plenty of stuff there for you. Flash your Patreon, again, all the live flagships on the $10 tier. Instant Reaction Live, rave reviews for that as well. We've still heard uh, people outpouring of support coming in uh, for All Out, our our Instant Reaction Live. People telling me still uh, the best uh, AEW All Out review that they've heard. Uh, So definitely uh, great to hear that. But, um, yeah, a lot of people said that, and that is available for you to listen to. Uh, as well, so match of the week. Uh, all the written content, all the other stuff is available over at FlashipPatron.com. If you can't get enough of us, if three hours every week isn't enough, well, boy, we got a lot more hours of us uh, over there at Patreon.com. So there you go.
2: What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? <laughs>
0: I pulled up some Pisces traits and I'm looking at three different charts and all three of them are different. So <laughs> see, you, here's one for you. Pisces. We'll keep it real a hundred percent. Prideful. Mm. Loyal to a fault. Mm. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I'm listening. Dreamer. <laughs> <laughs> Music geek. Yeah. <laughs> That's so dumb. Everybody likes music. Yeah,
1: <laughs> likes music, enjoys food.
0: <laughs> That's like the dating profiles. I enjoy music. I like fun. Uh, yeah, those are things everybody. Likes. I'm
1: glad to glad. Good to know. Yeah.
0: Um, the know it all, human lie detector, hopeless romantic.
1: Oh, you got me. Yeah, that's there. These are not related, though. I feel like these people, like, because you you listened to four things that first time, and, like, one of those four was me, but the other things are, like, completely different.
0: This is what I mean. Yeah. You know, it's- what
1: a joke. What a joke this
0: astrology is. Get out of here. Speaks fluent sarcasm. No.
1: <laughs> okay. <That's kind laughs> listening. Listening.
0: Will knock your lights out. You are so averse to comedy. <laughs> yeah,
1: that sounds like the absolute last thing I would ever do. So, that's
0: but- not me. And then they and then you look at another chart and like it's all different things, like right, that are right, opposite right. of those. It's you know, so I'm
1: starting to think this isn't on the up and up here. But uh Your what is theory. on the up and up, Joe? <laughs> Is CMLL celebrating their 89th anniversary coming up this uh, weekend. We have a great preview from the one and only Cubs fan, LuchaBlog.com, up right now at VoicesOfWrestling.com. So uh, no better person to preview that show than Cubs fan. So that is available there uh, at VoicesOfWrestling.com if you want to look uh, that up. Also, you can follow him at LuchaBlog.com and at LuchaBlog on Twitter. An invaluable resource for all things uh, Lucha, all the time, uh, Cubs fan. But uh, yeah, they got the anniversary show this weekend, and uh, there's... There's some energy here with CMLL, and 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 I will say Cubs fans sent us this Grand Prix uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I just kind of blew it off. I was like, yeah, hey, yeah, maybe we'll get to it, maybe we'll get to it. Uh, and then, you know, he kind of said, hey, you know, the the anniversary's coming up this weekend as well. Maybe you should watch this Grand Prix, maybe you should, you know, get in, and I'm glad I did. There's some interesting stuff going on in CMLL, and this Grand Prix match was... uh there was a happening, man. There was a sold out arena, Mexico. Everybody going crazy, and this is a fun as hell match uh, that uh, is available. I, I, I don't know if how public. Well, I guess it's publicly available, right? I don't know. Is that an unlisted video? I don't know. You could probably find it. You could probably find it. It's not gonna be that hard. But uh, <laughs> um, Grand Prix uh, International. It's from uh, August nineteenth, Arena Mexico. Uh, hell of a match, Joe. Hell of a match. A lot of guys. This is Cibernético. Uh, here is Atlantis. Uh, 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 Mystico was in here. Stuka Jr. Templario, Titan, Ultimo Guerrero, uh, El Sablano. Uh, 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 who who else was in this match? I'm missing. My computer has now froze as well, and I have lost.
0: What do you want to know? Who's in the Cyber needigo? go?
1: Yeah, who was uh, Voldor Jr. I know was on the one side. Oh, here we go. Uh, El Macias, uh Kenny King, Lince Dorado. This is the other team now. Uh, Macias, uh Kenny King, Lindsay Dorado, Matt Taven. Uh, oh, uh, or I don't know how to pronounce this guy's. Oraculo, Jesus, Oraculo you, Robbie Eagles, the, Rocky Romero, and Tiger Mask. I got most of them. I got most of them there. So
0: You're an absolute you're talking about um uh, Oraculio? Oraculio. Oraculio.
1: there we go. Yeah, that's how you
0: Yeah, it. that's uh you you know him. That's um Jay Rios. He wrestles all over. Yes,
1: the place. yes, yes, yes. I, I don't know him he, under that name, unfortunately.
0: But he was the first guy out also, by the way. So I knew it was him the, because
1: the announcers kept saying, Puerto Rico,
0: Puerto Rico. Anytime a Puerto Rican
1: guy was in there, they made sure to let you know that man was Puerto Rican. I don't know why. They just could not wait to tell you that man was Puerto Rican. Let's say Toronto got in there. Oh, no, no, no. Puerto Rico. I'm like,
0: all right, I get it. I got well, it. This, well, this match is very – well, it's the Mexican team versus the foreigners. Right,
1: exactly, so. exactly. So I, I get that. But, yeah, they, they seem to really hit home the Puerto Rican guys for some reason.
0: So Hey, this show drew huge. This drew a five-figure uh, attendance I don't know if they sold out Arena Mexico necessarily, but if they didn't sell out, it was very close to selling out. And, um, you know, if you've seen a Cibernetico-style match before, you know what this is. It's like a 1,000 guys on each team, and uh, it's elimination style, and Volador Jr. ended up being the winner. This took place, by the way, on August 19th, but with everything that's been going on, uh, we never really got around to it, and it worked out really good to get to it this week because the anniversary show is coming up. So we get to preview that. And, um, there, there wasn't a whole lot else going on in terms of major shows. So the CMLL anniversary show kind of stands alone, um, with, I guess just the, uh, the all Japan 50th anniversary show as the major shows this week. So it was a good time to, um, talk about this show, which, um, did tremendous business and was very well received. I watched the Hechicero the Hetchesero versus uh, Euphoria uh, world's uh, heavyweight title match that was also on this show. and that was a notebook match for me. Hechicero is is uh, always excellent. Now these two guys um, normally team together in a lot of the six-man tags, so this was not your traditional face versus rudo style. You know, technical versus Rudo style lucha match. So, and you know, they shook hands afterwards and raised each other's hands and all that. And Hetchicero retained the title. But that was really an excellent match that I can strongly recommend if people could get their hands on it. I think I got sent a grimy link from a Google Drive or something because this was a pay per view. Um,
1: Yeah, I don't know how available that one is. Well, people can. Yeah, yeah, you can find it. You can. Yeah, if you really want to find it, you can probably find it. So.
0: Yeah, but I found it, so why can't anybody else find it? <laughs> <Right>. but, uh, <laughs> right. the, the, the Cybernetical match, though, which, um, you know, look, it basically followed form. It starts off as a big schmoz where they're all beating the shit out of each other. Then it settles in where each guy pairs off with somebody on the other team. They run through their spots. They play to the crowd. They tag out, rinse, repeat, right? Then the next pairing comes in, and they go through their spots, and they play to the crowd. And everybody gets their little shine, you know. And then it's like the third act of the match is the eliminations. Now we're getting down to business, and and you know now the match is booked out. However, it's going to be booked out. And Volador Junior was the uh, was the sole survivor, the winner of this year's match. And and look for a match that you know went about an hour, and a lot of times these kinds of matches lose me. This held my attention all the way through. I thought this was a lot of fun. I think that the the big crowd with the with the and I thought it was a great crowd. The crowd was rowdy. Oh, they They were were
1: nuts. Yeah. This crowd was insane this entire time.
0: We're into everything. And it really helped. And you know, the one thing I noticed too is the wrestlers were really feeding off of how great the crowd was.
1: Yeah, there was and a lot of, like, when a guy would get out of the ring or whatever, the heel would dance in front of the crowd to booze, and then the babyface would come in and knock him out, and then he'd you know gesture in front of the crowd. There was a lot of playing to the crowd because they knew this thing was red hot. So everybody, when they had their moment, would get in there and do something funny or something, you know, do something to get the crowd, you know, either on their side or, or, or booing them, and that was a nice little touch.
0: Yeah, so, and, you know, obviously the foreigners were positioned as, as the heels and – Um, You know, and, and the crowd was behind the Mexican side. And it was interesting to me because the last two remaining men on the on the foreign side were Tiger Mask and Rocky Romero. So they really took care of the New Japan guys in the match. Which is interesting because whenever CMLL guys go to Japan for tournaments, they always finish in last place with like two points. <laughs>
1: right, they do not respect them. <laughs> right, of course, Japan. Stuka is usually, or Stuka Jr. is usually all yeah. the way at the bottom there. Uh, Volador usually gets a couple here and there, but uh, yeah, they don't respect them at all. When
0: they come no, and they don't protect them in the booking at all. And it's like, then you see this match and two New Japan underneath guys are the stars of their team. You know, so Rocky Romero and Tiger mask made it all the way to the end. In fact, Tiger mask was the last, that was the final elimination, you know, and, and Tiger mask eliminated some people. He eliminated Lannis jr. For sure. Um, it might've been his only elimination. I can't remember, but he, he, he had, you know, so they really took care of their promotional partner in this one. And, um, you know, Rocky and tiger going to the end, but you know, Matt Taven is always super over in Mexico Kenny King was having the time of his life, Uh, you know, Macias, you know, you know, Robbie Eagles was in the match. So I thought it was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, Atlantis Jr., who I think, if I'm not mistaken, rolled out the Atlantis Jr. gimmick on the last Fantastica Mania, which might have been 2019 I don't think they've had one since then, right? Because they of the pandemic,
1: didn't? Yeah, I don't remember if they had one in because it. It's usually maybe a little bit before
0: because it's, it's in like, February.
1: Yeah, so they may have been able to slide it in. They may I, have had I Think they did have a twenty twenty, and then they have not had one since then. So that so no, they, was they did it? have a twenty twenty. Yeah, they, that was in January, so they were able to get that in before. Um, and he was. Let me make sure if he was on those shows it does not look like he was in the 2020 fantastica mania let me double check on 2019
0: he was in 2019 and i think that's when he debuted the gimmick okay if you could double check um his 2019 matches i i think he first worked as atlantis jr at fantastica mania 2019 if i'm not mistaken yeah
1: 2019 yeah. tour uh 2019 tour also featured the debut of atlantis jr so yeah he, he there, was there you go
0: and he because, was yeah so he
1: did not come back for 2020 but he was there for 2019 so
0: all right so that's what i was thinking so but they did have one in 2020 but in 2019 cuz you know these guys they'll usually wrestle under a different gimmick for a few years until their father or uncle or mentor whoever the case may be deems them worthy of taking on the name and I think his debut is... a Yeah, you just said it. His debut as Atlantis Jr. was at Fantastica Mania 2019. So it's been a few years, and I obviously haven't seen him work because, as I said at the top, I have almost exclusively ignored CMLL during the pandemic because of how dire it was. Um, so I've almost exclusively watched AAA in terms of my Lucha. So I haven't seen this guy since 2019. And, you know, I don't know his reputation in Lucha circles, but what I would say about Atlantis jr is holy shit. He looks just like his father, like his body, he's turning into his father body wise, like the same chest shape. And obviously the mask and the, and then, and, and the, uh, and the tights and everything. But, uh, you know, and he does the, the same backbreaker and everything. So, uh, I was impressed by him after not seeing him for a few years. And the match was just a lot of fun, you know? So, um, I don't think the other two matches aired anywhere, but you know the the Euphoria match and the Cibernético I thought were a shit ton of fun. I think they were both notebook worthy. You know, I went four stars on the on the Hechicero match, and the Cibernético um, was one of the better matches of that type. Or just it was fun and energetic. Yeah, is yeah, what it was. It,
1: it really was, and and I'm glad that you brought up the Atlantis stuff because that was exactly what my notes were. The the thing that I came away with that match, is going holy shit. This guy's great now. Like, well, like I have not seen this guy in a while. And the last time I saw him, it was like, yeah, yeah, you know. I, and I remember us even. Uh, we maybe even talked about it as well. Like, okay, yeah, you're doing the gimmick, but he's not there. He's not, you know, he's not ready yet. He's just kind of, and, and that's tough. It's 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 very difficult for these guys to follow up to their legendary father. I mean, it. it Lucha Libre is filled with guys that just can never, ever, ever follow up to what their fathers did or what you know their grandfathers did or whatever. The family lineage is so huge, and a lot of guys just can't, you know, they they, they just can't live up to that. And we were thinking, man, you got to follow Atlantis. <laughs> That's going to be tough. And we saw the guy. He was, you know, he's fine, but he wasn't. He wasn't all the way there. It wasn't all, you know. And that was obviously very early in his career. And now we're seeing, holy shit, this guy is like, this guy's good. Like that. As the match was going on, I went, whoa, they got a guy here. And so I wrote that note there. They have a guy here. And then Cubs fan says, hey, I have you know the, uh, the, uh, the, the anniversary uh, show uh, preview up uh, if you want to post it. And I went, all right, cool. And his lead topic is that CML on their 89th birthday is going to celebrate having a new star. That new star, Atlantis Jr. So he sees it too. And then oh, I come out of that- this show, and you see it, and I'm like, all right, well, this is these are smart wrestling minds that all are coming together independent of each other, because I didn't talk to you about this, yeah, I didn't talk yeah. to Cubs fan about it, and I haven't been following CML at all, so I don't know that that's kind of bubbling or whatever, but I was watching this match, and he did a dive to the outside, and the crowd exploded, and he was putting his hands in the air, and they were going, yeah, 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 and I went, holy shit, they got a guy, they got a guy here. And yeah, it was kind of funny to to come to that conclusion. Read Cubs fans saying they have a new star in Atlantis Jr. He's going to be a giant thing, and then hearing you say the same thing, I was like, all right. <laughs> then they might yeah. have something here with this guy because these are all smart wrestling minds that independently came to the same conclusion.
0: I tell you, I've always had that eye for talent, Creech. So uh, you know, makes a lot of sense. But yeah, it's uh, it's just funny because I looked up Virgo traits. You want to know what the first one was? And you could throw <laughs> yeah. You want to throw got? astrology right out the window? And- what do you got? humble
1: okay well yep (laughs) that's uh those stars stars Um, lie (laughs) that's all i'll say so
0: so anyway um those two matches were excellent but i i also watched the uh the show from 8 12 only because you know i had saved it at the time and it had a uh dragon rojo jr versus uh robbie eagles main event for the middleweight title and uh that i went notebook on as well i thought that match was a shit ton of fun in a completely different way than the heavyweight title match was on the Cybernetico show and um, you know so I went low notebook on that too four probably four for that one as well and I, I watched that whole show I watched all the tags because I wanted to you know I, I, you know do a big catch up of the company before I watch the anniversary show and get caught up on you know who's who's working for the company these days who's feuding with who who looks good and um, just again, even the energy on the twelfth, which was also an Arena Mexico show, um, you know, the the opener with the comedy, uh, you know, with the little guy with, with the little dude that was the furry blue gorilla suit. I don't. Oh know, yeah, I, I, know. I forget his name, but yeah, people are gonna be So mad, uh, I, don't, I don't, care really. So, you know, and then uh, Negro Casas was in the uh, match number two with Blue Panther and um, I think it was uh, Soberano Jr. and it was uh, Atlantis Jr in that match. And, uh, uh, a who has put on some weight, by the way, carbonario again, I haven't seen these guys wrestle in like two years. And, uh, he Del Viano three. Remember he had that great match a couple of years ago. Yeah. 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 And let me tell you some Negro Casas never slows down. This guy is still and blue Panther too. And I really hope that Brian Danielson, when he starts traveling again, has a chance to get down there and have his dream match with blue Panther because blue Panther I think could still have a quality match at the stage with him, but the clock has to be ticking. Um, he's 61 years old and he's starting really to look at, he was always kind of balding, but, but he can still, you know, he's not as good as, as Negro Casas. He's not as good as him, but I think he could still have an enjoyable match with Brian Danielson. If Danielson hurries up and gets down there. But um, my takeaways from that were again, Atlantis junior uh, looked good. Negro Casas is ageless Blue Panther still looks good. And Cavanario has put on some weight. Um, not even in a bad way. Yeah, just, you, you
1: mean that in a good way, right? I, I, I didn't see him on this show, but... Uh,
0: I mean, not in a good way. Like, not in a bad way. Like, <laughs> but
1: also, but, like, careful? Just got to be careful? No, right?
0: well, he looks like he's just thicker now. And it, it didn't seem to hold back his work. But um, it was just notable because he looked different. He just looked 25 pounds heavier. Okay. And it was kind of a shock because... Maybe if I had been watching CMLL, but again, we're time, coming
1: in this like from a time loop. Like yeah. I haven't watched any CMLL in like two and a half years. So. I'm coming
0: out of a coma. Yeah, I, I yeah. haven't seen the guy wrestle. Actually, the last CMLL match I saw was a Cavanario singles match against. Maybe it wasn't Cavanario. It was Bandito versus somebody in the empty arena. Um, and I reviewed it behind the paywall. Might have been Cavanario. I can't remember. Nobody cares. Point here is, um, I watched this whole show and the crowd was red hot for that too. And um, you know, and then the other one was. Hechicero and Euphoria and Mephisto. And again, because like I said, these guys team together. And um, they worked uh, Teton, Volador, and Atlantis. And then the main event was the Dragon Rojo Jr. versus Robbie Eagles match. So that show is on YouTube, on CMLL's YouTube channel. And it is well worth people's time. If you kind of want to get geared up for the anniversary show or just get back into CMLL, if you're like us and you kind of haven't been paying attention during the pandemic, I was very impressed with that show too. I watched everything I watched today. You know the thing about it is, it's far more traditional lucha libre than AAA. I think everybody's aware of that. AAA to me is sort of like that's junk. <laughs> it's, it's junk. The, it's it's junk. the lucha, It's the lucha GCW.
1: Yeah, we we talked the last time when we watched one of those fake Triple Mania shows. Remember? Our end result was I we I think we did it on an overrun. Which <laughs> the best part about that is uh, a member of the AAA uh, management subscribed <laughs> to, re- subscribe to yeah. us, I believe, because he thought that we were going to review the show. Hopefully, uh, I don't think he. Uh, well, we did review the show. Yeah, I don't Me think we, uh, I don't think he uh, he upped with us uh, after the uh, the segment. But I don't know if that to be true if he re-upped or not or whatever. But um, at the end, I was just like, this, this company stinks. Like I don't want to watch this anymore. Like I tr- there's certain times where AAA will. I like it, and it's fun to watch, but it's always in a wink-wink, most of the time it's in a wink-wink, nudge-nudge, ha-ha-ha, look how silly they're being, where CMLL is never that way. Sometimes CMLL will bore me to tears, but when it hits, it's like, yeah, this is what I want, and, and, and from the history of the show, when we've enjoyed Lucha, almost 90% of the time it's been CMLL stuff, you know what I mean, like it's been that stuff that's like, alright, here we go, this is some interesting the talent. Uh, I, you know the the work, the the way that they work, the style they work, the the arena, the way the fans react, all that sort of stuff. It, it just has a much more kind of professional feel to it that I think you and I. Yeah,
0: it's, it's traditional lucha, and it's look. But the thing is, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of periods where CMLL is dry as a bone. Oh and yeah, yeah. It, it can get
1: real boring real fast.
0: They they don't book anything. It's it's like you know the the big knock on them is they just they know they're going to draw those tourists. So they don't have to put effort into the booking. There's also, very often times, there's a lot of Arena Mexico shows where it's very obvious that the crew is sleepwalking through the shows, and they have their times where it's just a very boring promotion. There's no doubt about it. What I watched today, and I watched through all of August, the pertinent stuff, I went back a little deeper and dabbled with some stuff from earlier in the summer as well. It came across as vibrant and exciting and a promotion – that's doing some good things right now. So, and and it came across as a very as very much a dichotomy versus AAA. Here, here's the best way I can describe AAA. Okay, it's fun to drive past a car crash until you see the body bags. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's uh, I, I guess that's a morbid way that's to put a it. Very
1: morbid way, but I get I get I get the idea. I get what you're saying.
0: But the idea here, you know what I mean? It's like AAA. There's times where triple a really lands but it lands in a in a car crash sort of way and then there's times where it's just triple a is just too much like Mm -hmm. it's all it all feels the same it's all just fucking garbage wrestling oh yeah after that
1: fake triple mania we watched i was like dude i can't i can't watch this promotion
0: again for yeah it's like it's it's like it'll be like four plunder matches and then The same five way that we've seen a thousand times. Right.
1: And explosions and and there's loud noises and Hugo's bleeding and oh, there's Jeff Jarrett and here's Vampiro farting. And it's like, oh, God. All right. All right.
0: (laughs) You know, and it's like the the five way is always really good, but I've seen it a hundred times. And then the other stuff is just the, the plunder like wears out its welcome, you know, 40 minutes into the show and you're just sick of it. And, you know, cmll is just it's more traditional lucha libre yeah. and i think when both companies land i prefer cmll now that could be absence making the heart grow fonder and that maybe it's the dragon gate effect where all right i haven't watched cmll in a long time and wow this is different i haven't watched good lucha in a, in a while you know because even the lucha i've been watching has been shitbag triple a and but, but I do think the stuff I watched today was genuinely good. And, and and I would I didn't know what to expect, especially with a cybernetical match. It could be an hour where I'm just staring at my fucking clock going, "When does this shit end? And I'm just watching it out of obligation. But it held my attention. And, um, you know, and and maybe not watching it for a while kind of helps too. You know, It's like you're not it, it, it seems like it's uh completely fresh. Post-pandemic, and um, I, I really did enjoy everything I watched today.
1: Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's touch on this uh, anniversary show uh, coming up this weekend. Now it's a little bit wonky in terms of when you can watch it, where you can watch it, all that sort of stuff. Uh, Cubs fan does detail it in uh, the, the Voice of Wrestling uh, preview. So if you, you're interested in watching this live, uh, he, he does kind of explain some ways that you can do that. If not, I know they do put it up eventually on their YouTube channel, but it is kind of hacked to pieces, and I think it's like an hour and a half or, or something like that. So it's it's not ideal. Um, it also finds its way online pretty quickly, usually. So if you want to wait, but if you want to watch live, and, and it feels like a fun show that you might want to actually check out live if you're interested in the segment that we talk about, uh as I said, it has some details uh, on how you can go about doing that. But uh, the big, big thing here... Is we, someone's losing their mask or someone's losing their hair. Now, have you been able to make sense uh, of what this match is and how this all kind of works out? A Cubs fan lays it it's out. It's a tournament. It, it is. Yeah. It's a little mini tournament. It's like a tag team tournament. Okay. The, so yeah. it's not,
0: it's okay. Normally, when they do these kind of tournaments, the losers advance. Right. Because the idea is you don't want to lose your mask. Right. This
1: one's a little interesting in the case. that I had to read it a couple times being like, man, I don't understand this at all. But it does. Yeah. So lay it out. But I
0: think I've got the gist of it. So it, what it is, is enemies are teaming together. Right. Guys that are feuding with one another are on the same teams. So you so, want to
1: win. And yes, you might be in a position to lose your mask. But you want to take your opponent's
0: mask. You want to take the other guy's mask. Right. So th- in this tournament, the winners are advancing right. as opposed to the losers with with the idea being what rich just said you want to win and advance and get to the final because you want to take that guy's mask in 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 the worst way because he's your enemy even if it means your mask being at risk as well plus the idea being it's the anniversary show and there's sort of a prestige involved in working the you want to work the main event of the anniversary show number one you want to be in the main event of the anniversary show and you want to take your enemy's mask. One of the teams is two guys like Ultimo Guerrero and Averno. They don't. They already lost their mask, so they in their case it would be a hair match. Right. They advance.
1: Yeah. If they, if they make it to the finals, it would be a hair versus hair match. Every other team here uh, is all mask guys, and they yeah they will be battling to take their mask. So that that's where it, it took me a little bit of a second. I'm like, wait, why would the winners advance? And yeah, yeah, okay, it makes sense then. It's it's yeah, you, you want to win so that you can take your opponent's mask in the end in that final match. So uh, that's that's. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting lineup, and uh, Cubs fan you know, gave some compelling thoughts for every one of the teams being potentially in that final match. Uh, Atlantis yeah. and Fuerza Guerrero uh, are going to face Averno and, and Ultimo Guerrero in that first match, and, and like you said, Averno and Ultimo Guerrero are putting their hair on uh, the line if they advance. Uh, and then the other one, the more interesting one here, is Atlantis Jr. and Stuka Jr. Uh, versus Dragon Roja Jr. and uh, Sobrano Jr. Sobrano Jr. Yeah. yeah, so that's an issue, because it's some younger guys in there, juniors obviously all over the place. Ah, uh, the first match a little bit of your old heads and the second match, your yeah. your young guys. So you're at least gonna get an old guys versus young guys semifinal. Uh, and then the interesting thing comes in and, and, and who eventually gets to that main event and 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 who do they put in that spot? and and he's you know he theorizes that Atlanta's even getting one win. even to get to the semifinals would be huge. Uh, for his career, let alone if he got to the finals and and, and took someone. Atlantis
0: Jr. Yeah, Atlantis Jr.
1: Atlantis Jr. Yeah. It's, yeah. Not, it's not that big of a deal for old Atlantis to get there. He's been there plenty of times, but uh yeah Atlantis Jr. winning a match, getting to the semifinals, maybe having a match um you, you know, in, in that finals would, would would be interesting. But he does point out they tend to shy away from, you know, father versus son type stuff. So maybe the betting line favorite yeah. would not be Atlantis and Stuka versus Atlantis and, and and Fuerza.
0: Yeah, even though that would be a semifinal as opposed, well, a final of the tournament right, that wouldn't right. be determined who loses the mask. Like in other words, Atlantis and Atlantis Junior cannot take each other's mask, no matter what, because you can only face your partner in the mask versus mask. So, but they could face each other in the tournament final, and and you're saying Cubs doesn't think that they would do that. So, right, right, right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you know, obviously you look at Atlantis and Fuerza Guerrera, and you know those are obviously. Guys who at this stage of their career would probably consider losing the mask for the right payoff in the right show. This is obviously the right show, which would have the right payoff. This is probably going to sell out, I would think, because they've been doing some solid business. And uh, that Cybernetico show may have sold out. I don't know if it did, but I know that there was at least there was 10,000 people there. I know it was a five-figure. So you figure that this show will do better than that show. So it has a chance to sell out. For so sure, for if, sure but on, uh, and
1: and and because bring up does bring up a good point about this that if you're gonna take atlantis's mask is it would would, would you want to do it in a in a tournament or would you want to say, Advertime buy these fucking buy. tickets because you might see Atlantis lose his mask. Like, now there, there's right. the idea that, hey, in this tournament, Atlantis might lose his mask, and maybe people are buying the ticket on the assumption that, hey, wow, Forza Guerrero or Atlantis might lose their mask here. But if you're going to take Atlantis's mask or help to that to that Forza Guerrero in, in in that same way, too, that's something that you probably just want to say, hey, tickets are going to be X amount of dollars or, or whatever, and it's going to happen in three months. You know what I mean? Or in two months or in, in, in a couple. That's going to be the match. It's going to be Atlanta. For, so you have a 50% chance of seeing Atlantis get unmasked here. Yeah. There's the idea that he might get unmasked, but maybe you really want to blow that out when, when it's time to, to, to unmask Atlantis that you're going to really want to blow that out, advertise it and sell as many seats for as much as you possibly can. Cause that's one of the biggest things that you can do.
0: Well, Laverno and Ultimo Guerrero, I, uh, they've been feuding, but I feel like that I'd be disappointed if it was a hair match in the final. That, that would, that would suck. Me. Yeah, that, that would suck a little bit. Um, I kind of feel like it, they're going
1: that direction. Though I don't know. What are, where, where are you it, at They that? It
0: could. I mean, I mean look, I'm not going to pretend that I've got my finger on the pulse here. I crash watched two months of this company in the last two days. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I have a finger on the booking pulse. You know, it'd be hard enough even if I was paying attention a lot of times um, with this company. So I don't know. Um, you know... It could be one of the younger teams. Now I would be pretty surprised, just not that if Atlantis Junior lost his mask at this stage, because don't they want him to be a big star moving forward with with yeah, the I would legendary say, Atlantis gimmick and mask.
1: Right, I would put him at like so, the last. I would put him possibly last among all these guys. Like I, that would just make no sense. whatsoever. that'd be a beyond dumb dumb booking decision at this point to take his mask away. Uh, and take everything away that, that you know that makes him Atlantis Jr. So I, I, I'm with you. I, I think he is absolutely the last person on this entire list uh, that should be
0: losing his mask. But could they have him go to the final match? Because Stuka Jr. is kind of like this mid card veteran guy who could lose his mask, right?
1: Right, right, right. And that yeah. and that's and then when and and you know again he's if that happens that's like the star making performance of all. I mean this guy goes through this Takes tournament goes to the main event of an anniversary show and takes a guy's mask. <laughs> and, yeah. I mean, but he's so, worth it. I, I think he, you know, if you're going to do it, fuck it, go for it. Why I not? think
0: that's what I'm going to go with, I think. Yeah, I like it too. Talking myself, talking myself through that, you know, if, if you want to make a star, and it would be dramatic, because I think people obviously wouldn't want to see him lose his mask in that scenario. And uh, yeah, he gets to work the main event of an anniversary show and take a mask. If you're going to rocket pack someone, I mean, that really is Definitely how you do it. it. Yeah.
1: And Stuka Junior, no offense to him, but it's like he'll be he'd be fine. You know what I mean? Like I don't know what the yeah, guy looks like, yeah, but yeah. he's probably fine. <laughs> like like where's he at now? You know what I mean? Like it, it's it's not gonna be that big of a difference if he doesn't have his mask. At least I don't think anyone's like you know clan uh, you know gonna be crying and, and going oh my god they took Stuka Junior's mask oh my god. So I'm with you. I, I think you look at what's gonna be best for Atlantis Junior moving forward, and 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 him main eventing an anniversary show and taking a mask is is is, is definitely that.
0: Yeah. So I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with that with my totally uneducated uh, <laughs> hypothesis here of this, but, um, it's, it's an interesting concept for a tournament kind of doing it in reverse and having the the enemies teaming together and they've got to work together. If they want to screw the other guy and over. They in coexist. The end, so.
1: We're doing coexist angles, but, uh, this, this works a little bit better. I like the way that this is done. So
0: Yeah. It looks, it looks like a lot of fun. So, um, anyway, that's what the, uh, That's what the show will be built around, and that. When is this? This is on. (laughs) That is
1: going to be uh, September sixteenth.
0: September sixteenth. So Friday. Friday. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, and um, you'll be bouncing around Ireland with uh, Alan Cunahan and Trevor, the Irish wrestling fan, and Isle of Man guy, and you know, and and uh, you know, and and I'll be here in some form next week reviewing this show so um but i I have to say that my my crash watch the last two days has me excited about it now and and i really enjoyed literally everything i saw so a a drastic change from the pandemic era of uh, cmlo and the crowds and maybe it's just um watching so much uh, Japanese wrestling with clap crowds and whatnot. That, but but I, I really think these crowd. I mean, you watched, too. Th- 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 that was a hot crowd. Oh,
1: they were insane. Yeah, they were insane for every single guy. And like you said, the guy, the, the wrestlers knew it, and they decided to make sure that they had a spot in every single mat or every single part of that Cybernetico where they could, you know, pose in front of the crowd or, or 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 directly have the crowd react to them in some way, shape, or form. They knew this crowd was red hot, and this crowd went. I mean, this crowd was 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 apoplectic for Tiger Mask and Volador Jr. I <laughs> mean, they were the final two guys with Volador and Tiger Mask, and they're going nuts. They're going insane for the near falls, and Tiger Mask has a roll up, and it's like, oh crap, he's going to win, and the Volador kicks out, and they explode like ten thousand people all at once. Go. I mean, yeah, it was a hell of a hot crowd uh, here. So they they were definitely letting out a lot of. Uh, Uh, a lot of uh, angst out in this night and just like getting really excited about this. But uh, yeah, no, it was clear. It it was a hot crowd for sure. A really, really hot crowd. So I'm interested to see what this uh, anniversary show crowd uh, sounds like too. So why
0: don't you read the rest of these matches, rich? Oh, I am not
1: even going to try. There are some names I've never heard of that. I'm not even going to begin to start to try to uh, uh, pronounce. So, I'm ready to move on if you want to, but if you want to say these names, knock yourself out. I I, I do not want to embarrass myself. So.
0: Dolce Gardenia. You can't, you know, yeah, Espirito Negro. I, I can do that. Uh, look at that. You hear the tongue roll? Espirito Negro. Yeah, yeah, that's not and, bad. Uh, well, Chris Zellner. Ray Cometa against uh, Arcalis. Guerrero Maya Jr. and Stigma. Okay. And then we've got Negro Casas, who we just talked about. Star Jr. And Titan against Euphoria, Hechicero and Mephisto. That's the, uh, the, uh, Rudo's Trios that we were talking about earlier, yep. and they had that great match against each other, Hechicero and Euphoria. Uh, Mystico is taking on Angel D'Oro and uh, Valador Jr. This is a three-way match, and um, this is some kind of tournament, right, if I'm not mistaken? <sighs>
1: yeah, you, you, uh, you crash-watched more of it than I did. I, I don't, yeah, I, I'm not sure. There's some weird block tournament going on, the Copa Independent. And, uh, the th-
0: yeah. the three, and it's a three-way final because uh, some kind of... Uh, tie at the top of one of the blocks or something like that um, or 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 is it are they facing you know what a... I
1: think we actually have yeah I think this is an out of date uh, card I think the uh, so the... we have a winner in that block now right 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 with it yeah uh, let me see let me go to old voices oh, of wrestling.com to see what we got here um, one moment I will tell you one, uh, one thing that we can uh, fill the time with yeah rainbow raw rest in peace they're going, oh, they, to, they, they're going back to the black and gold, baby.
0: You know, we speculated that. And yeah. it's like, you know, and he denied and and <laughs> Levesque denied it. And, you know, uh, you know, he denied it, he downplayed that idea, but you had to know that was coming. I mean, you had to know that was coming. So who broke that? What's that? uh,
1: uh let's see. The second spot went to oh, <laughs> Thank you, Simo. Uh, oh, uh, who broke this? Oh, uh, sorry. Who broke this? WWE themselves. They they said constantly evolving, and then they, they tweeted out. They, uh, uh, it said loading, and it showed the 2.0. Wait a 0. minute.
0: Constantly evolving, and you go backwards?
1: Look. <laughs> Look. <laughs> Take it up with Paul, all right? <laughs>
0: So Paul's is he gonna bring back the metal music the, and metal, the yeah. Uh, poppy,
1: poppy raw will come back finally. And the
0: skulls and the fucking <laughs> Iron Crosses imagery and the fucking birds and all this other shit. Is he he's going full black in there? Uh, yeah,
1: I don't know. He's going gold. I don't know what's
0: next. We'll see. We'll see what's next. But uh, Rainbow yeah. Raw stunk. <laughs> How bad was Rainbow Raw?
1: Remember that first episode of Rainbow Raw?
0: Oh my Tony, god. Tony
1: D'Angelo. Hey, I'm Tony D'Angelo. <laughs> I'm
0: part of the outfit
1: It's like oh god What are we doing here
0: That's a great talking <laughs> Because
1: it's so bad It's like baby's first Italian You know impression you know, Watch his other... godfather once and, You know
0: uh, yeah, I can't believe I'm going to ask you this Because I know the answer already But did you see a couple weeks ago When he was eating like the 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 biscotti straight out of a Pepperidge Farms bag You like knew it was like <laughs> It just looked like the shittiest, you know what I mean. And he's like eating yeah. it with his with his fucking cappuccino, and you know, and then like uh, fucking who's the, the Trevor Lee? What's fucking he hasn't been Trevor <laughs> I Lee? I never in
1: six know. Years. Every What's time his... we preview NXT, I never know what his name is. And I, right now, I have no fucking Cameron clue. Grimes. Cameron Grimes. There we go.
0: So uh, I, I'm sure he's named after Cameron Indoor Arena, right? Isn't he from North Carolina? Oh yeah,
1: I never made that right. connection. Yeah, probably. There we go.
0: Anyway, yeah, Rainbow Raw, fucking. Dunk! The whole imagery, the the way it looked on TV. Yo, yo, fucking, yo,
1: kids. How you doing? I'm Vic Joseph.
0: This is it's going to be there. off the hook. It's going to be <laughs> off the chain. It's, we're
1: rolling up our sleeves for another great hour of
0: professional wrestling. Yeah, it's it's so, on and popping. It was so yeah, dorky. It's just, yeah. Oh, my God. Awful. Awful. My we're going to give you um, a lot of
1: bad wrestlers and some hot women. <laughs> so there you go. Enjoy. <sighs> but it's now over apparently. So, uh all right. So in uh, Perfect Lucha Libre fashion, no, they uh, Volador Jr and on uh, Hello uh, Del Oro, they went to a double count out. So uh they're It's
0: still a three-way they're match. They're still a three-way, man. yeah.
1: <laughs> so they went to a double count right. They just couldn't possibly decide who to, who would have win. so they went to a a, a double count out. So
0: They would have got a ladies mask match here? Uh yes, yeah, yeah. Uh Jaro Chita versus Reyna Isis. You want to break that one down for me, Richard? Uh, you know, you I'd love to, uh...
1: but uh, we got other topics to get to. So, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, we are short on time. You know, I had a, I had a lot of notes, and and, and <laughs> I plan to uh, really get in depth on this, uh, on this, on this match between these two ladies that I'm not sure I've ever seen wrestle in my life. Uh, but we do have to move on. Yeah, but that's I, I unfortunately uh,
1: do not know who either of these people are, so I have nothing to
0: uh... I'm sure Cubs has a great preview, though. Oh, absolutely. Site. Yeah, fantastic. So...
1: Wrestling.com, uh for, for that great uh, preview. But uh, that is not the only company celebrating an anniversary this weekend. All Japan Pro Wrestling has their 50th anniversary coming up this weekend as well. We also have a preview up at VoicesOfWrestling.com. Gerard, uh, co-host of the Emerald Flow Show here on the Voice of Wrestling Podcast Network, uh, has a great preview for you there uh, over at VoicesOfWrestling.com. And uh, it sounds like a pretty exciting show. Things look cool. Everything's... But just wait. It is not live on AllJapanProWrestling.tv. Instead, it's on BSTV, which I think you can you can sign up for and you can get. But uh, if you are a All Japan uh, TV subscriber and going, hey, yeah, here we go. 50th anniversary show. Uh, you're going to be sorely surprised. You're going to have to wait till September 22nd uh, to get the show on that service. But it is on BS TV. And I, I believe uh, Gerard does include some some basic instructions if you do want to sign up for BS TV uh, to watch this show. But uh, what do you think of the uh, the All Japan 50th anniversary show? Anything that uh, sticks out to you before we go kind of match by match here?
0: So I reached out had some conversations today. Um, what you're going to want to watch here. Now, look, you know, we've got Suwama versus Kento Miyahara in the main event and it's going to be Jake Lee and Naoya Nomura and the winner of that's going to get the title shot the next day, right on the, um, on, they're going to do back to back triple crown championship matches. If I'm, if I'm understanding this correctly. So, Nomura, it was supposed to be Joe Doring in that match, but Joe Doring is having obviously another bout with the cancer. So they brought Nomura, who they've been using sporadically, and they very badly want to get back into the company. You know, we've talked about that a couple of times, but um, they'll bring him in to face Jake Lee. Suwama versus Kento Miyahara in the main event. Tiger Mask with this, uh, this junior title match with. Uh, uh, at Atsuki Aoyagi, so we'll see how much longer that Tiger Mask and um, and Yuji Nagata are going to be around. So Tiger, when they finish up and go back to New Japan, that's when Tiger Mask will probably drop that title. There's a tag team title match with uh, Shatero Ashino and Honda defending against uh, your boys from Get Wild, Rich, Takeo Omori. I'm excited. Enjoy Get
1: Wild. My guys, I'm excited.
0: Yeah, and then of course they have to have they got to drag out the old dudes cause it's the 50th anniversary. So we've got, you know, Fuchi and Onita. they're bringing in and Shiro Koshinaka who kind of just sits by the phone and waits for these anniversary shows.
1: <laughs> He's got a nice little business going though.
0: He can throw his hip attacks and uh, great they'll, They're facing great Kojika, uh, Yoshiaki Yatsu and Maseo Inoue. Um, we, as we noted earlier, Christopher Daniels is on this show. He's facing Yuma Aoyagi. Uh, we've got Hakuto Omori versus Minoru Suzuki. So they're really pulling out the stops here to bring a Minoru Suzuki in the all Asia, you know, the voodoo murder stuff, which I have no use for. I I might say that That sounds awful. They're facing Hikaru Sato and, and Dan Tamora. Um, the Sayoto Brothers triumphant return match, Rich.
1: Oh, sure. and who could forget their excursion, man? I mean, that—that's. I, I guess this is a good opportunity. How much time do we have left in the show? Did, did so you we got see about any an their... hour? So yeah, let's talk about their excursion. Which, I mean, what was your favorite match? Favorite moment? Uh, just one, maybe, just to be a little more concise. Since we have some other topics, so. Um, so
0: I think Rich is being sarcastic. Did you see any of their matches from their excursion? I Rich? saw.
1: I think it was uh, MLW, right? I saw they were in MLW for a little bit. I'm trying to remember how they I... look. Eh. <laughs> they're not that good. They they weren't good in all Japan either. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think they're, uh think they still have a ways to go for sure. So.
0: Well, they're teaming with our boy Cyrus and they're taking on <laughs> Twin Towers and, and Yukio and Naya. And um, then we've got some openers Yoshitatsu, Tajiri, and Mitsuya <laughs> Dagai, and ATM versus Izanagi, Black Mental Ray Sushi, and Andy Wu, our boy Andy Wu. Andy Wu, yep. And then uh, the opener is Rising Hayato and Ryo Inoue versus Suki Kodama and Oji Shiiba. But I did skip a match because this is the match I want to talk about. And that is Yuji Nagata versus Yuma Anzai. So Yuma Anzai, they think, can legitimately be a legitimate top star. And from what i was told today new japan wanted this guy very badly yuji nagata wanted to bring this guy to the new japan dojo very badly suwama sort of won the 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 power struggle to get the guy in um he's got good height they say he's uh you know very good looking um and he if he if he has and you know he's a he's a obviously he's an amateur wrestler so yuji nagata was very excited about that idea as well. But he's part of either the same... He either went to the same college or the same university or was in the same university wrestling team that Suwama once wrestled for and Jumbo Saruda. They're going to try to push him as the next Jumbo Saruta. They're they very high on this guy. As I said, Yuji Nagata wanted to bring him to New Japan. When All Japan won sort of the battle to bring him in, Yuji Nagata pushed and angled himself to work the date. Eugene Nagata loves this guy. He wanted to work his debut match with him. Um, So uh, keep an eye on this dude. And if he does work out, this is obviously exactly what all Japan needs. So um, the, the university connection with Suwama seemed to be the deciding factor for this, for this dude. So he's going to be Suwama's pet project. And, you know, the next decade of all Japan could be determined with whether this guy takes or not. But I'm told that he is a legitimate, real, keep an eye on level prospect. So that's why I saved that match for last. And this is someone that Everyone should be watching very closely on this show. And Yuji Nagata is going to do probably everything in his power to make sure that the kid looks really good here. I mean, he's going to lose obviously, but um, keep an eye on this dude. And he's very important to the future of all Japan.
1: Yeah. I know uh, in Gerard's preview and voice of wrestling, he mentions that, you know, every wrestler talks about how handsome he is. and they're starting to already kind of tweet about him about always handsome. And he's six two and he's got a good body and he's got a little bit of this. So, uh, yeah, it, it definitely feels like they, and I think they're having like a musical entrance to get him out to the ring. It's like they're going to have a live band play him out or whatever, or a live singer play him out. So like you said, they are, are rolling out the red carpet for this guy and they need it. I mean, they more than anybody else, more than any other company needs a young star to land and land big. So uh, I, I'm fascinated. I cannot wait. Uh, to watch this and we always say like one of the coolest things to do is get it on the ground floor of guys we always talk about with dragon gate like when you see those early match guys you see them slowly rise up and rise up and rise up you get it with the young lions in new japan and you're going to get it now here with this guy in all japan but different than all a lot of those other ones are like hey we have some high hopes of this guy and we'll see it through they w- want this guy they personally scouted and wanted this guy to land so yeah he, he's going to be a little bit of a different animal than a lot of these other you know trainees where they're going to put Everything in their power to get him going and get him fired up. So I, I'm fascinated to see. Uh, and it's how a he works. big score
0: yeah. that they got him instead of right, in Japan. Right, right, in Japan, right. Japan. You know, Nagata was interested in him, and and it's a big score for them. And, um, you know, with this dude, and they believe in the Saito brothers. I think those guys are just unathletic. Fucking, just. I don't see much in them, but who knows? Maybe they can find a niche. Um, You know, and then, you know, if they can get Nomura back in the mix, they desperately need an injection of fresh faces and fresh stars. Uh, You know, Jake Lee is what he is. He's never ascending any higher than he is at this point. That's done. And it's just a rotating cycle constantly of Suwama versus (laughs) Jake Lee versus Kento Miyahara in some kind of combination. Tsuji Ishikawa is now officially washed up. And I, I think he's done being pushed and he knows it. And Kohei Sato is even more washed up than Ishikawa. Um, and then really, they just don't have anybody else. They have a very small roster, very small roster. It's just the same names at the top. So it would be big for them. Nomura, as we've discussed, I don't know if his heart is being a full-time wrestler anymore. He didn't want to be here to begin with. He disappears. He's working basically weekend shows for Tiny Indies. I mean, they would love to have him back, but I don't know that that's what he wants. It would be very helpful. But there's a ceiling on him, too, if we're being honest. Right, right, right. You know, This guy, this Anzai is someone who they really think has the potential to be a true difference-making star. And the Saito brothers, even though I think they're clumsy, unathletic, awkward dudes, I mean, they do have a lot of size, and Maybe back from excursion, you know, crazier things have happened. I mean, they do have a good look and they do have good size and maybe they'll find a way to package them and, and and get something out of them. But, you know, it'd be very helpful to all Japan because it's just crazy to think that not that long ago before Noah was purchased by cyber agent and all of that, that, that Noah and all Japan were kind of on equal footing and Noah has just blown past them to the point where it's not even close anymore. And, and, they were really on the same level for a long time, like you know, neck and neck.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and, there, there were definitely times and years that you know we were doing this show where Noah was below them for sure. I mean, some of those. Yeah, things.
0: and and Noah kind of took a shortcut by bringing in all the old veterans, and we know that that's just a band aid and it's it's a short term fix, and there's really no future in that. And eventually, those and guys the, are the infusion
1: bad. of cash definitely helped too. I mean, getting, you know,
0: getting right getting and the stable ownership helped out a lot. Yeah. Absolutely, the stable ownership and then kind of cutting the line by burying all your young guys with with the established veteran names. Um, And the question becomes, and I guess this is a good transition, to once Muto officially packs it in and maybe a lot of the friends of Muto at that point will kind of slowly go away. Will those fans then go away too? Because Mm -hmm. what we've been warning about, you haven't properly established the next generation. Will these fans who came to see Muto and maybe some of his pals, do they believe in Keito Kiyomiya now because he does a shining wizard and because he finally overcame Muto? Those are questions that will be answered um, you know, once all of those guys are finally gone. Or did all of these 50-year-olds beating Kiyomiya and Nakajima and Kano like a drum um, you know, did that do the damage that we suspected it may have? That when the real stars go away, a, a story we've seen play out over and over over the years in pro wrestling, that they'll say, "Oh, there's no real stars here anymore, so we're not going to buy tickets." And it's and and let's be honest, while Noah's doing is much stronger right now than All Japan, it's not like they're blowing the doors off. I mean, they they, they got to a certain level and they're doing. They do some nice little houses at times, but it's, you know, it's not like they're knocking on the door of New Japan. Okay, so we'll see what happens when Muto packs it in. So um, I guess that's a good transition to the Muto uh, news, which is, you know, they put 100,000 and 500,000 yen seats for sale and they all sold out. So those 500,000 yen tickets for Muto's retirement, Tokyo Dome, translates to about. $3,500 in U S money. So the ticket prices are, you know, outrageous, but they've sold all the most expensive seats. So the story behind this is that the MUTO retirement, new Japan was interested in the show, but then completely lost interest at the price tag in order to secure it, which explains the high ticket prices. So cyber agent, you know, won the rights to the show, but they have to charge these prices to cover the cost. And also Muto worked a percentage of the gate into it as well. So he's going to make out like a bandit. Okay. Cause he put the show out to the highest bidder. He's getting a piece of the gate and that explains, well, that's one of the two reasons why the tickets are so expensive. Number one, they have to be that expensive to turn a profit on the show.
1: Right. Cause they're giving a, a, a chunk to somebody else.
0: Yeah, and you know, had to win like a bid to to fucking host it to begin with, and number two, as we've seen, they're going to be able to sell them anyway. This is a huge retirement. I mean, <laughs> and I hope this is more along the lines of Tenru or Liger, where it's real. Uh, because this would be the carniest move of all out of this guy if if like he comes back a year after this after shaking down cyber agent, you know, to, to, you know, this two-year contract and now this retirement gimmick with the six matches and, um, this show, which, you know, is not guaranteed to even make money with these ticket prices because they still got some work to do and they got to put some more and they probably will put a ton of people in that building. This really is a huge event for this guy, for Keiji Muto hanging him up. I know we've been critical of his politicking and his in ring, but it's still Keiji Muto and it's still one of the biggest retirements that Japan will ever see in terms of a retirement match of this magnitude.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's a guy who's been a prominent figure in, in yeah, we, we've kind of debated his current draw level and all that sort of stuff, but I mean, this guy's been a prominent figure in, in in Japanese wrestling and in the greater wrestling world now for, fuck, you know, almost 40 years at this point. <laughs> you know, quickly approaching 40 years uh, for, for his time. Certainly 30-plus and, and and played a huge role. What makes him special more than, than a lot of other guys is that he played a role in almost all of the major companies at some point. Uh, obviously coming up in New Japan, leaving, going to All Japan, kind of resurrecting All Japan when it looked like they were on Store, store, uh, and then now obviously jumping on to or help doing Wrestle 1 and all that sort of stuff, and then also now re- jumping into Noah. So he's had tentacles in every major Japanese wrestling promotion for a while, and that's a lot of other guys, you know, spent their entire career with one company or with only with All Japan or only with New Japan or whatever, but he's got tentacles every single way. So if you're a fan of any of those promotions, you know, you've watched him at some point, um, uh, you know, wrestle, so... Uh, yeah, no, it, it, it's a huge retirement. It's it's one of the big guns, you know. Retiring, it, you know, it's it, it matters. Those sort of things matter. I'm with you, though. I, I really, especially these people paying, you know, almost you know five hundred thousand yen for these seats. I really hope that they are seeing truly, you know, his final match, and it's not just you know he comes back in a year or something yeah. like that. So that's. I mean,
0: the payoffs are going to be enormous, um, you know, for him and and probably some of the other uh, tippy top guys. All the other promotions are are angling to get people on the show because they know this is going to be a big show. So I know that. There's probably going to be zero one talent on the show. Um, big Japan. I know that Muto wants Daishi Hashimoto on the show, which makes a lot of sense. If you remember, uh, first of all, the connection to, to Hashimoto, number one. And number two, they were going to wrestle at a Wrestle Kingdom a number of years ago. And Daishi Hashimoto broke his arm. Um, but anyway, he – he, um, and who knows how Hashimoto's career could have went if he worked that – I that's one of my big what-ifs. In Japanese wrestling. Like if Daishi Hashimoto works that Wrestle Kingdom. And doesn't break his arm. Does he then catch on with New Japan? Does his career go a completely different direction? Right? I guess we'll never know. But. Um, Zero one. Obviously Big Japan. New Japan wants a presence on the show. Because it's Muto. And because it's his retirement. And everything. And you'll probably see some other promotions get in the mix as well. Because. You know it's Muto. And it's a good chance to send. Talent that you want exposed to eyes that normally wouldn't see talent and all those sorts of things. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a huge show and and uh, you know it, it has a chance to to draw very. It's funny because it has a chance to draw very well and even with these ticket prices, there's concern <laughs> still not make money. No
1: idea. Yeah. yeah,
0: I mean the money's going to Muto, but but you know I, based on how quickly those super expensive tickets sold, I would think they're not going to have much trouble at all selling the rest of the tickets. I mean this could be one of the biggest this could. I mean, could potentially challenge Wrestle Kingdom,
1: yeah, for oh, total yeah.
0: number of tickets sold, um, and we'll probably do a bigger gate. I mean, if it does have the same neighborhood, because Wrestle Kingdom's not going to have four thousand dollar, you know, tickets. So, um, yeah, it's like we said last week. I think Noah has made some very good moves over the last month or so. You know, Kato Kiyomiya wins the N1, which was absolutely the correct move. If you truly do expect to push him coming off the Muto win, yeah, he had to win this tournament. Um, And and the final match was excellent, and Hideki Suzuki did business the right way and all those things. It wasn't like he beat Hideki Suzuki and Hideki Suzuki showed him up the way that Funaki did earlier in the tournament. He did business the right way. And now they secured this show, which can end up being you know, one of the biggest gates in Japan, in a number of years. At the end of the day,
1: so we got plenty of time. Obviously, that is not until uh, f- what February, right? K. G. Moto retirement. So we'll uh, we'll be covering it obviously as as we uh, approach uh, a little bit closer. But uh, yeah, February 2023 at the Tokyo Dome. So we got plenty of time there. But uh, interesting to see those tickets already kind of going. Uh, real quickly, while we're in Japan, I uh, just want to touch on uh, this Taka Taiichi Despi Mania Takamichi Noku debut 30th anniversary show. Uh, from JTO, uh, September 12th. Uh, the main event... <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Uh,
0: so it's Eld- Taka's, Taka's 30th anniversary and Taichi's 20th, right? Yes, yes, there yeah, you go. I think so, that's what it was.
1: Yeah. uh Prado Jun Kasai. I, I didn't watch anything else on the show. It's an interesting-looking show uh, from top to bottom. I, I don't know that I'm going to watch everything else on there, but uh, I did watch El Prado and Jun Kasai. And, uh, Joe, this is a match. Definitely go out of your way to check out. I know a lot of people really, really love this match. I've seen a lot of Match of the Year buzz from people that I do trust and people that I do, you know. And I get it. I There's a certain segment of fan that is going to think this is a match of the year, and I get it. I totally do. It's not that for me, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't awesome. It was still really, really good. Uh, Al Desperado was fantastic in it. Kasai, I'm a, there's a lot of people that love Junkasai. They think like Junkassai is like one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I, that's not me, and it's I, I don't think it's you either. Uh, on Junkasai. he's fine. Like you know what I mean? Like I, I, I never, I, I don't dislike Junkasai matches, but I don't go out of my way to check them out. But I thought he was was solid in this match. But I thought Desperado was great. Uh, it's very well structured. It is deathmatch, match, so uh, you know keep that in mind. Obviously, uh, there's there's mask ripping, there's bleeding, there's you know. Deathmatch, you know setting up for deathmatch spots or whatever uh, and ultimately that always has a limit for me there's always going to be kind of a, a there very few death matches really reach a, a super super high level for me Takeda did a few times you know watching him in his prime but more times than not I'm just kind of like yeah I don't know <laughs> you know but this one does have a lot of emotion a lot of good stuff into it but but ultimately yeah there is always a ceiling with me uh, in and death matches so uh, with that said I'm still like four and a quarter four flat on it somewhere right in between there. I, I think you will enjoy it as well, but I uh, uh, definitely recommend if people are, I've are, 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 been hearing a lot about that match. I uh, want to definitely check out. El will Junkasai from uh, September 12th. Uh, Takataichi Despy Mania. Yeah,
0: I'm going to watch it. Uh, Junkasai does nothing for me, but I'm, I'm not a deathmatch guy. Um, so I'm not a huge fan of the crazy monkey, but um, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Did you, did you ever see, did you ever get around to the Despi-John Moxley deathmatch? Uh, in... I did,
1: I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that well, how was. does it
0: compare to that?
1: Um, I, man, I think I like this one a little bit better. Um, oh man, that one was good. I, I think I like this one a little bit better. There's a little bit more, it's Drew Kasai and he's a little bit more nuts and that Tends to help his matches a little bit, you know what I mean? When he when he enters that zone where you're like, this motherfucker is gonna kill himself. Like you get that, and you get that in this match too. And there there's some there's a little nods that I think you'll like in this match a little bit more uh, than Moxley and, and Despy. Moxley Despy was very very good. I th- this match I liked a little
0: bit better though. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean I'll definitely watch it. Sometimes with these death matches, and definitely with Kasai, it sometimes reaches a point not where I would say like grossed out isn't the right phrase because i'm not really grossed out it's more of i'm just like okay this is excessive i don't need guys i don't need scissor spots and guys laying on razor boards and it just this is just dumb now um and and and, and oftentimes kasai crosses that line with right, me right right
1: and some people love it and um, some reason for some people that's the reason why they love
0: him is that he, right he, he, of course yeah i mean yeah they, they want all that gratuitous uh violence and blood and all that and and you know, that has never done a thing for me. Right. I mean, I'm just it.
1: It's like, and it, it's not, like you said, it's not, I'm not grossed out. I'm just kind of like, all right. Like, I don't know. I I, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I understand what you're going for here, but like, I don't know. It's, you got anything else? <laughs> you know, what else do you have for me? So, and What
0: Takino would do is he would wrestle around the deathmatch spots. And that's why he, when he was on that great run in like 2018 or whatever it was, that his matches were uh, really landing with me, but. You know, when it's just, you know, straight up gore, I guess. It, it really, it just never does a thing for me. So, I will approach it with an open mind, but this is decidedly not my style of wrestling. So, um, you know, we'll see. I mean, I thought that the Moxley-Despi match was, was pretty good. Um, you know, it was all right. I, you know, I just... They're such talented guys. I'd rather just see them not do that. Right. No, I just I, I'd
1: rather see them brawl. I just rather see them have a brawl or a good match. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's that's why yeah. I'm, that's I, where I'm at with know. most death matches. It's like I just want rather watch wrestling. There's so much wrestling to watch and so much good wrestling to watch that I, I just I don't know. It, I, and again, it works for some people. I get it. I understand yeah. it. And there's times where it's really landed with me. Uh, and there's times where I love deathmatch wrestling, but. There are more times than not, I'm just kind of like, eh, I don't know. (laughs) Like, I'd rather just watch guys wrestle. I don't know. That's just me, so...
0: Yeah, I'll check it out, though. I I, I, might. I think it, it, it
1: toes a good line between a good match that just happens to be a death match. You know what I mean? Like, and that's what Takeda, I think, always did pretty well. And that's why I always kind of, you know, vibed with his his top tier stuff is that it felt like a good wrestling match that just so happened to be a death match. And, and this has some of those vibes as well. It, it doesn't feel like the whole match is, 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 is dependent on them doing death, of, you know, them going through a glass board or them going through a razor or whatever. It's part of the match, but it's not. There's more to it than just that is probably the best way I can describe it.
0: Well, I got to get to that, and I'll probably write it up. I got to get to this. uh, I've been sitting on this Gary J versus Jeremy Wyatt match from the Dingo Invitational, St. Louis Anarchy. I've been meaning to watch that and review it for months now. I got that sitting in the queue. I got uh, a couple Australian matches that I've been meaning to get to, so I think I'll package them all together sometime this week uh, behind the paywall. That will be on the $10 tier because that will be written content but um i will i will try to review that sometime this week i have this for some reason this uh cibernetico and charlie rockstar versus flamita and emperador as Tekka match saved for some reason okay. i guess i'll <laughs> i guess i'll fucking watch that too um, and lump that in i must have saved it for a reason some people send me shit and they're like you need to watch this and then i i will save the match and then months later i'll forget who sent it why they sent it and you know but i'll usually watch them and review them anyway so if you if you're listening and you sent me that um remind me why the fuck you sent me that but because on paper it doesn't look like something that i would have <laughs> yeah, saved on my own
1: yeah so. I'm, I'm very curious uh, at, uh, what what the uh what, what that match was yeah i, I don't you have a fat finger maybe <laughs> save that I mean, one when you meant to save
0: another match or i'm at
1: hey who knows maybe there's something really incredible in that match that
0: I don't know. It's possible. I mean, it's not impossible, right? Demonic flamita, right? <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Um, it seems unlikely, but not impossible that, that there's something uh, interesting with that one. So while while we're on the topic of Japan, uh, this is going on mostly in America, but I uh, wanted to bring this up real quick. Uh, Chris Dickinson in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, so last month at uh, their Fighting Spirit Unleashed tapings uh, in Hollywood. I don't think these have aired yet. Uh, Dickinson made a surprise return to the company. He attacked Fred Roster after Roster defeated TJP. Uh, got a little bit of a backlash because he came in unannounced. Nobody knew that he was going to be there, and obviously, given his his, uh, we're not going to get into it, you know, here. But the, given the allegations that that you know were, were brought about uh, to Dickinson, some people felt kind of you know like, ah, shit. If you're going to put this guy on a show, like at least tell us he's going to be on the show, so that if we don't want to go, we don't have to go, or we don't have to, you know, we can we can we can you know show you that we're not that excited about it, you know him coming in by you know, not going to the show or not buying a ticket or whatever. Uh, he makes a surprise return there. And uh, the feedback did not seem to deter them at all because he returned once again this weekend. Uh, not going to spoil the match itself, but he and uh, Rosser had a match at Autumn Action as well. So wh- what do you make of New Japan's process and uh, kind of bringing him back, you know, secret surprise and then sort of bringing him back then a month later to have the match with Rosser?
0: Well, this is pure speculation on my part. Okay, but it feels to me like they may have a specific amount of dates contractually with him, and they might be trying to burn off the dates. And the reason I say that is he wrestled that Tanahashi match right around the time that the initial allegations came out, right? Correct, yes. And he's alleged... I think the
1: allegations came out and then he wrestled that weekend and then even more came out. And that was kind of when he went away. So I, I think he wrestled it with the allegations kind of happening that same week. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And at that point, new Japan just went forward with the match. Cause the allegations were new. He did, <coughs> excuse me. He did pull off a game changer show that same weekend or around that same weekend. I think, uh, it was a deal where he claimed he was pulling off the show. We all know that they told him the, you know what I mean? Like he, Publicly, it was the old let the manager resign instead of saying he's fired kind of deal. Um, but he worked the Tanahashi match and then he didn't get booked again for New Japan for ages. And then he came out with his lawsuit against his accusers, and in that lawsuit, he mentions the New Japan contract. He mentions that these accusations, which he claims are false, are called money because he now has a worthless contract with, I don't know if he named New Japan. Yeah, I think he did name New Japan. I believe he did, yeah.
1: New Japan was specifically named in that.
0: Saying the contract is now worthless because they're not booking him. And that would imply that it's a per-date deal, right? Because if if it was just a a salary, it wouldn't be worthless. He'd be getting paid whether he was booked or not. So that indicates he's on a per-date deal. And I think, and then after that lawsuit, came out, all of a sudden he pops up on New Japan Strong and and shoots the angle with Rosser and then comes back on the next taping and does the match with Rosser. So my personal speculation is he did the Tanahashi match because it was all fresh and new and he was already advertised. They let him do that match. Then he disappears. Then the lawsuit comes out and New Japan may have said to themselves, you know what? This guy's getting litigous. He's taking the tact of, I'm going to fucking sue everybody. He he names us by name in the lawsuit, says that the the contract is worthless. So if New Japan owes him some dates contractually, they might be thinking, you know what? It might be best to just book this dude, burn off these dates, and then wash our hands of him once we're no longer tied to him contractually. Now, again, that's just me speculating. And if I was going to burn off dates on a guy just to get him off of my hands... Well, Rosser is the top guy in New Japan Strong and he's the champion, so why not job him on the way out? and Have him lose to to your top guy, right? Right, right. So that would so that would make a lot of sense from that perspective. <coughs> I know a lot of people when I brought that up have said, "No, well you would just put him in there with like dark matches or against, you know, a prelim matches or something." And it's like, "Well, I mean, that's one way to look at it. The other way to look at it is we're in this situation the guy has some name value. Let's have him job to our top guy. I could totally understand that mindset.
1: Right, and it's a little um, scuzzy, <laughs> and and it, it is the wrestling business, so it is a little scuzzy. But the idea too may be that okay, look, everybody fucking hates this guy's guts now. Let's have him go and attack our guy. You know what I mean? Like if we're gonna, he's gonna be a heel. Everyone's to get, gonna use hate it. Him.
0: Yeah, he's gonna get heat anyway. I mean, or it
1: sucks, but that's wrestling. man. You know what I mean? Like that's,
0: that's. Or if the guy's already, if you're already scared that he might come after you legally if you try to just book him in like dark matches or meaningless bouts or something, he might like call It might be less trouble just to book him in real matches. So he's happy. And then you burn off the contract. But the flip side to all of this is it may not, none of this may, we may be giving new Japan far more um, credit than they deserve. They might just not care. They might just have just let the time pass and, maybe they saw that he filed this lawsuit and maybe they're thinking all right well he wasn't arrested and he doesn't seem to be in any legal trouble and there's no legal reason we can't use him and maybe new japan just doesn't give a fuck you know they they, they obviously had continued to book other people who had similar uh, you know uh, speaking out style allegations and they continue to do so so maybe that's what this is too i don't know but it just seems fishy to me that they seemingly wash their hands of the guy. He names them in the lawsuit. Um, he, he he brings up their specific contract in the lawsuit, and then all of a sudden they start booking him again. Right. It's a little weird to me. Um, now, should they book the guy, sort of in this uh, you know cloak and dagger way, where he's not announced beforehand? no they shouldn't do that we've been down this road before if you want to book these people who are controversial in any way whether it be these types of allegations or anything else that might be off-putting to a customer i've said this and, it, and and it might be controversial in in itself but i feel like if as long as you advertise the person you're giving the consumer the choice right and at that point as a consumer you could say well fuck that i am not putting a dollar towards a company or a promotion that's going to be booking this person and I'm not contributing any of my money to this guy's salary. At least you can make that choice. But if you don't announce someone, I mean, that comes across very sleazy because it's, it's almost like you're saying we know that people might not buy a ticket or support us if they knew this guy was on the show. Right. So we're going to sneak him in through the back back door.
1: We're not going to tell you he's there. And then he's going to be there just because we wanted to
0: book him anyway. And that's horseshit. Yeah. And that's horseshit and i'm and 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 there's people who might say well no you just shouldn't book any of these people and that's fine i understand that too but i feel at least if you are if these people are on the fucking poster and you're telling people they're going to be there well at that point now as a consumer you can make your choice and the free market will dictate what happens from there but by not saying anything and now this is twice in a row now the first time it was a surprise attack but again. Maybe you shouldn't do surprise attacks with people like
1: this. <laughs> right, with people Yeah, you know, with that particular guy, it might not Maybe be. Maybe that the best takes
0: move, away yeah. that angle for this particular guy, right? Or you can have him and say, you could even say, even if he doesn't have a match, Chris Dickinson will also be appearing. Like like Gabe used to do, also appearing, and there's like 10 names. Yeah. Because <laughs> he hasn't booked the matches yet, right? Like you could say also appearing, you know, Chris Dickinson. All right. Maybe it spoils the sneak attack later. But some things are more important than your goofy wrestling angle. And there's no excuse to have not have announced him for this one. Because you already shot your angle and set up the match that you just did. There's no reason not to announce. So now you have to assume they're just being sleazy. And remember, this was the same offshoot promotion that tried to sneak Marty Skrull through the back door. And shot an angle with him.
1: <laughs> right. So all and the rumor said, was he please stop.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, the rumor was they shot a, an angle with him and Moxley. And and you know, that's the rumor. No one knows because the tape never and the other and that which means he was gonna be a top guy. If he was gonna be feuding with Moxley. And the other wrestlers on the show were like, this is unacceptable. We don't want him But see, I think a lot of fans are given those. Other wrestlers, too much credit. I, I, you know, some of them might have their morals in the right place and be like, no, we don't want to. Yeah, we didn't are, know he was going to be here. Some of them this are way.
1: still doing but, MMA training with him every single week. And you see pictures of Yeah. That
0: and some of them, <laughs> it's just, and, and some of them, I don't have any doubt, it's just self preservation. They don't give a fuck what Marty Skrull did. They don't really give a fuck about Marty Skrull. But what they do care about is being on the same show as Marty Skrull and getting residual kickback as a result. It's So to me, before you start throwing roses at some of these people, consider that a lot of this is simply self-preservation. And they may not genuinely care whether they're on a show with him. It might just be, well, I don't want to be attached to a show with him because I don't want to get any residual heat, brother. So um, anyway, that's neither But that's just if they were willing to book Skrull as a surprise. Now, now to be fair, that was pandemic and there were no fans. So that dynamics a little different too because they didn't sneak him in with fans in the building. Right, 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 right. Okay, but they snuck him in uh, apparently a lot of the talent wasn't aware he was there either because <laughs> yeah. So, now this is is fans and there's really no excuse the second time cuz I again they shot the angle. So you know you know you're going to do the match. So I would have like way less of a problem with this if they announced Chris Dickinson Fred Rossers happening on the show.
1: Right, and then those fans that, that if you feel obligated and say, hey, you know what, I, I'm not a fan of New Japan, you know, I'm not going to a show that he's going to be on, I'm not supporting New Japan, I'm not, you know, whatever, yeah. then, then you I'm can... I'm going to
0: cancel my New Japan world, right, whatever right. Then,
1: then you're given that option to do that, whereas this, it's ambiguous enough where you're like, well, maybe they learned their lesson from the first time, and then you show up to this autumn and then he's there at that show, and you're like, alright,
0: dude, like, come on, you know what and I mean? And they're like, going to try to hide behind like the fact that some of the matches from the previous taping haven't aired maybe the angled in there sure. yeah, so yeah. there's all that continuity stuff that they can hide behind but the bottom line is to me that's not a concern to me you need to have it, it you, you look these things are all gray and the lines are where they are but it's kind of like you know when someone you're booking falls into the category of people should know ahead of time. I mean, there's no standard. There's no rule, specific rule for this. But it's uh, it's like the old, uh, uh, it's like the old uh, obscenity saying, like, you know it when you see it, right? You know when one of these guys is someone who you should be announcing ahead of time. Right. Uh, and, and he falls into that category right now. With the allegations that are out there Yeah and the-
1: ongoing litigation and stuff like that it's yeah. Just, yeah it seems very messy It
0: comes across dirty and, and you can hide behind the continuity Of the show and all this and that But at the end of the day it's bullshit You know put his name on the poster and take the heat You know take Take the heat and then Again I can't really argue it because the consumer Then at that point has a choice So or Option B You don't have to book the guy <laughs> Right you know, that's another option. <laughs> you know, But again, maybe they feel they're legally obligated to get through this contract. And that's something we we'll, we won't know. They're not going to talk about it. No one's going to answer questions about it. But maybe they're afraid this guy's going to come after him unless they, they honor his deal. Because technically, he hasn't been charged with a crime. You know what I mean? They don't have any legal way to wiggle out of the deal. Right. Unless there's some language in the deal that has some kind of morality clause, where they can claim that these kind of allegations, but who knows? This is all shit that we don't aren't privy to, and it would just all be speculation anyway.
1: Um, so last two topics here are, are still uh, you know American Indies, since we were talking about New Japan Strong here. Uh, World of MLW obviously never stops, uh, but it did stop for two men: Danny Limelight, Casey Navarro. Wrapping up with the company, any thoughts on on uh, Limelight and Navarro?
0: I thought Casey Navarro on the last, I don't know, you want to call it a season of MLW before they went on their last break, really impressed me. And he came across like a guy who was very much improved. I was he's very gotten impre- a lot
1: better. If you haven't watched Casey Navarro in a while, I saw him in Alaska uh, <laughs> many, 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 many weeks ago. But uh, uh, and then I've watched some of his other stuff. He has gotten a lot better. And he's still very young, I think. Let me get his exact age here. Uh, in a moment. And and again, you always say that like we, we judge these guys so early on in their careers and it's like, it might take a while for these guys to, you know, get good and get better. And he's 23 fucking years old. All right. So, yeah, like we were watching him when he was 21 and uh, not going to be a finished product at that point. But uh, no, I, from what I've seen of him recently, he is improving rapidly. So uh, I'm interested to see uh, what, what's next for him.
0: Yeah, it's uh, you know, he he really did look good on the last couple of tapings that he was on and came across uh, uh, very well on TV. As far as Danny Limelight goes, um, I think he's still working strong regularly as part of team filthy, I think. Um, But he's a guy who, you know, AEW stopped booking and there's been a lot of dark Twitter rumors as to why. And uh, basically, um, you know, maturity issues and possibly an incident or two that weren't, like you know uh, super just things that it's like look we don't want this in our locker room right now you need some growth to do some growing up or some maturing and then maybe we could um, you know look at this because re- he was doing well in AEW as kind of a guy on dark and uh, you know a prelim guy and then they just stopped using them out of nowhere and then that's when the dark twitter rumors started circulating and um, you know and then you know he after that he had some some nudes leak and that's not never a good look and you know, he's a guy that uh, on social media, um, you know, he does things that major league wrestling companies are are going to frown upon. You know, it's like putting out tweets with, you know, the like these thirst trap pics with dick prints. Like it, that's not going <laughs> that to endear yourself yeah. to it's it's not a good, you know, and it, it, it it's the exact opposite behavior that you need to exhibit to get back into a place like AEW or get into a place like WWE, which is a corporate environment, and they're not gonna and look, you know, if if, look, if dude wants to start a fucking OnlyFans and get into sex work, I will do the sex work clap to you. you, you do what you need to do, but you have to understand that when you go down those kind of roads, it it does close certain avenues in the pro wrestling business when it comes to major league promotions on television, where you have to answer to networks and sponsors and all those things. And, um, and I don't know, man, he's a really talented guy. um, But that kind of stuff, I mean, just look at Marco stunt. There is a clean line. You guys can look it up. There was a clean line from when he did those dildo spots with Effie on that show in, I believe, Indianapolis during the yes. pandemic. Yep. Okay. There is a clean line between Marco Stunt doing that match with the dildos with Effie and the way he was booked and treated in AEW. And then eventually his contract was not renewed. You can look it up. He went from almost never appearing on dynamite after that to almost never winning and just strictly being on dark and then just kind of disappearing. And that is the look. There's almost a clean line, so that stuff is just frowned upon. And you can argue whether it should be or should not. Look, you can operate. Here's here's how you can approach this. You can operate in Twitter reality, where everyone is sex positive and sex work is real work, and and nobody's a prude. And I, or you can operate in reality reality, and in reality reality, in the real world, that shit does not is frowned upon in corporate environments, by television networks, by sponsors, that people who run pro wrestling companies. Do you complain about it? And you can go do that and live in Twitter reality and and complain. And people will slap like on your little tweet. But there's a there's a reality reality too here in play. And I think it's it's much better to exist in the real world where you know and 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 understand that some things just aren't going to fly and that's just the way it is and you can make all those you know sex work clap tweets you want but you know that's not reality reality is all I'm saying right so, and, and
1: it could re- reflect poorly and it could it could affect your career in in, in ways that uh, you might not uh yeah I
0: mean, and you know and, and and nothing on twitter is going to change that I, right. you know it, it's You know, that that's where, you know, saying I
1: got 10,000 likes on Twitter doesn't, you know, keep your job, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, it's and look, so, you know, it's Danny Limelight is a guy who, um, you know, I I think it would behoove him to. Well, anyway, he doesn't he doesn't want or need my advice, but (laughs) um, he's 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 a talented guy who, um, you know, should uh, should if he wants to keep at it. Uh, it may look maybe he doesn't want to be a major league wrestler i don't know
1: yeah he might be cool with this life maybe, too yeah
0: yeah maybe you know, he's okay you know at the level he's at and there might be more money for him to to do other things i don't i don't know but um but and 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 i don't know why he's exiting mlw maybe he just you know he don't want to be there no more you know that's guys come and go people, guys come and yeah, go
1: in the world of mlw, MLW. So. <laughs> guys
0: that don't. world never stops man it that never stops
1: never... guys are constantly in and out so uh uh, speaking of the world of MLW not stopping, uh, last week they announced a new partnership with Range Sports. Uh, an article from Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso says, quote, in an effort to reach new heights, Major League Wrestling has partnered with Range Sports, a division of Range Media Partners. This I know this is going to sound like a joke, but I assure you in a moment there might actually be some some interesting stuff here, but go on. Uh, A division of Range Media Partners, which is best known for its success in film, television, and music, Range Sports is the newest addition to the powerful management company. It is led by Will Funk, the president of Range Sports, who has an extensive background in professional sports as well as experience with Pro Wrestling, acutely aware of the value of his content. Incredible sentence there. MLW CEO Court Bauer is full of optimism regarding this new uh, sponsorship. With so much disruption in the content space, (laughs) live sports are increasingly valued, Bauer says. Range has the resources to take Major League Wrestling to new heights by creating strategic partnerships that enrich and ensure our continued momentum. Ugh, I hate everything that got said there. But here's some stuff we can pull out of this. Funk is actually a pretty big name. He was executive vice president at Warner WarnerMedia, uh, oversaw the NBA on TNT partnership, obviously a huge, massive partnership uh, for both Turner and the NBA, uh, played a key role in CBS and Turner recording March Madness, and he helped bring AEW to Turner Sports. And now here is the line that I thought was kind of interesting, and I'm, I'm curious if you read into this the same way that I did. Uh, in this piece, they talked to Funk about this, and he says about AEW coming to Warner. Says our biggest debate was whether it was actual sports content or entertainment. Ultimately, at the time, we decided it would be it would live on the entertainment side. We weren't exactly sure how it would perform. There weren't a lot of lead-ins that made sense, so it was sort of an on an island of its own. We put it on, and it did extremely well from the get-go. The proof is always in the numbers, and it kept gaining momentum and became the, one of the highest-rating non-sports programs on TNT. It continues to do phenomenally well. AEW did a great job creating a product people want to watch. So as far as disrupting the content delivery Strategic partners thing, range sports. I don't know if I have any thoughts on that or whatever. It's MLW, and they sign a lot of these deals. <laughs> None of them go anywhere. But uh, I did find that the name involved in this, Will Funk, who, who who is a name that you know was was a pretty big deal uh, at Turner, and specifically that last quote there about whether or not he and Turner saw AEW as sports or entertainment, and says ultimately at the time we decided it would live on the entertainment side. Do you find that interesting as much as I did?
0: Yeah, but that was 2019. So I don't know how that applies to today or how they view it today. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it it's it yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that.
1: It's strange and it 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 brings up an interesting question that you have to have with these networks and stuff cuz we kind of always say, oh well, you know, uh wrestling is live sports, or wrestling can can it, it's DVR proof, it's live sports, yada yada all that sort of stuff. And as these increases keep going on and keep going on and keep going on, it, it might become advantageous at some point for networks to, you know, look at wrestling and say, we don't want to pay sports pricing for wrestling. Like, you know, sports are, that bubble's not bursting anytime soon. And it's still going to cost billions of dollars to renew you and renew wrestling and do all that sort of stuff. We don't want to pay that sort of pricing for wrestling. So we're going to kind of consider you entertainment and pay you a decent amount of money. You know, you're still going to get paid a decent amount of money, but we're not paying you the money that we would pay the NBA or the NBA. Or the nhl or mlb or whatever and it might be an interesting thing where networks start to kind of you know with the increasing prices start on their end of the the the, the you know start saying well you know we're not gonna we're not gonna pay that it's insane money or whatever for for this stuff do you think that has a possibility of happening anytime soon
0: i mean it's hard to say um
1: you you do you, I- you, you, you know what i mean though
0: yeah. Where yeah, it's, I do. yes,
1: it's advantageous to have live sports. And you know, oh, we have live sports and it's live but it's also expensive to have live sports on your network.
0: Yeah. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure.
1: So, is it a thing where they tell uh, wrestling, you know, now we don't really consider you guys sports. We consider you entertainment. So, here's the offer we're giving you. Here's the you money we're discount. giving you. You know, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs>
0: like From that standpoint. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's, it, it, yeah, I don't know. It's,
1: as those prices now, this keep guy, going up and up and up and up, too.
0: But this guy's not with Turner. He's not with, no, he's, he's, he's doing, doing quotes. was
1: asking him about his time at right. Turner
0: here. Right, right, right. So, just to be clear for everyone listening, this guy is not with Discovery, right? He,
1: yeah, yeah, no,
0: or that company anymore. Um, So, what he was saying was in 2019, they were sort of slotting it in on the entertainment side, not the sports side. Um, Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting little nugget that came out of one of these. MLW <laughs> press releases that they seem to put out, you know, every two weeks or so. They have more diners. strategic
1: partnerships than any other. So pro many strategic
0: company. partnerships, more strategy than fucking battleship. It's just, you know, just this man is loaded with strategy. Um, I still can't find MLW anywhere on my. <laughs> I don't think I can either. I looked for it the other day. I, <laughs> I so, when I want to watch a little fusion, I gotta go to YouTube, but you know, there's a lot of strategic partnerships going on that, you know, are, uh, are creating new avenues of, uh, (laughs) of, of alleged, you know, know, (laughs) distribution that never seems to amount to anything. So I don't know. Like, Just getting back to this press release itself in regards to MLW, what the fuck does any of that mean? (laughs) Nothing. It's all
1: just jargon and junk, strategic partnership. What's this company doing for them? Disruption in the marketplace. Yeah, it's all. How
0: is that, whatever this is, making money for MLW? (laughs) Uh, That's what I want to know.
1: Yeah, it's kind of the underpants gnome thing where it's like, uh, okay, so how does it make money? Like, well, 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 it's a strategic partnership, and there's disruption. Okay, yeah, but like, what does this do? Uh, We can't answer that right
0: now, so. Yeah, what is this guy doing for MLW that wasn't <laughs> right. being done before and is helping them make money? That's what I'd like to know.
1: Strategic partnership, Joe. Um, Disruption in the content market.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, there'll be another one of these in two weeks. Um, I don't know. I went through Danny Limelight's Twitter feed. It's clean.
1: Oh, oh, okay. He took your it's advice. Clean. He took your advice already instantly, quickly.
0: It only took 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> he said, uh, you know what? He, he looked at it. This is disgusting. What am I doing
0: here? Ah, very wholesome. Very go. wholesome right, timeline. Right. Yeah, you awesome. know, so good for him. You know, it's a uh, you know, talented guy. What else we got?
1: Uh, already here. Sorry, I'm trying to check into a flight here. Uh, anyway,
0: <laughs> Check into a flight.
1: You got to do this.
0: You know that. You, you don't want the flights tomorrow. <laughs> Okay, the flight's tomorrow. Number one.
1: Yeah, first off, you have to check in twenty four hours prior.
0: Number two, (laughs) number two, this show that we're doing right now, live on the air, ends in like five minutes. You couldn't check into the flight in five Uh, minutes. No, I'm trying.
1: It was supposed to be easy, and now I got to scan a passport and shit. So uh, things have gotten yeah, gotten a little (sighs) wild here. So
0: anxious, rich.
1: Scan the back
0: of my passport. How's this? They're gonna let you on the plane, man. Just show up. Yeah, but I want to have a good seat, though. You know, a good seat. There's no such thing as a good seat. No, they all
1: stink. Are you flying first first class? class. I'm not flying first class. And
0: there's no such thing as a good seat. Yeah, you're right. So it really doesn't matter. Um, Now, this is a... You're flying... It's a long flight. You're going to get a meal here? You're going to... I don't
1: know. Yeah, I don't know. It's at 10.30, so they might not
0: feed us. It's at night. 10.30 at night? A little red eye?
1: Yeah, a little red eye. They're probably going to give us a drinky poo and, and send us off to bed, so...
0: And you're traveling six hours forward in time. This is just like correct. Some... It's
1: going to be yeah. I'm, I'm showing up just... at eleven in Ireland, and I assume be greeted at the airport by Alan Kunahan, So excited just, for that. Just
0: a back to the future shit. I don't understand this time travel. I it's just, yeah. You're uh... like Shaquille
1: O'Neal. You're like I don't I don't get it. Man, <laughs> like I get on a flight. Yeah. I get off. Yeah. That was the the word uh, when I did Italy it was, and that's why people were like,
0: oh, you can you, you go to uh,
1: you can go to uh, Japan. It'll be great. I'm like, dude, I I went to Italy and I was fucked up for so I, like. We got on a plane at 8 a.m. and we got off at 8 a.m. and I was just like, "Fuck this! Like, this no, is no. weird as yeah. shit." I don't no, like no, this at no, all. No
0: no. no, no, no. That's like if you fly backwards and you go over the international dateline, it's like yes, it's like yesterday.
1: Oh yeah, dude. When we went to Iceland, right. I fucked up and I booked a I booked a, a rental car for the wrong day because like, i like, I didn't know a day would pass. Like I didn't like I got <laughs> on it sometime and they're yeah. like, "Well, your rental is for yesterday," and we gave your car away. And I'm like, I know, I understand. I'm a dumb American. I can't. I, clearly can't understand time zones and stuff like i fucked up all right what do you want to do and they gave me another car but uh yeah yeah. i was like i didn't know the passage of time would occur while i was on this plane and it did apparently so okay you know
0: yeah i mean if you could fly fast if there was a device fast enough and you could keep going over the international dateline, could you keep traveling back in time or like how would that work
1: oh wow wow whoa
0: like you break through there
1: it is i think that's a new show Can we book
0: Neil deGrasse Tyson? Would he come on? (laughs) I think
1: we can get him on. Yeah.
0: I bet he would come on.
1: He's got Star Talk. He's got a podcast to plug. They got a Patreon. I'm sure he'd be interested in plugging that. So let's see if he needs Uh, a little help on the uh, Star Talk Patreon. I I listen to that show. It's a good show. Uh, All right. Answer our.
0: (laughs) stupid questions
1: that's what the show is by the way i don't know if you know that well you obviously know that uh there's a segment where like there's like a normal guy that gets questions brought in he's like all right neil so like what about and then he goes on for you know 25 minutes trying to explain it in like a layman's terms but of course he can't because yeah at the end of the day the guy's just like all right i don't understand what you're talking about anymore but yeah that makes sense i guess like yeah uh they have 2015 patrons but uh, they could
0: probably you know yeah that's we got a nice some to chunk offer. Of money. We got some to offer to him, though. You know what I mean, like. Yeah, we do pretty well ourselves. Yeah, so if he wants. To, um, what's his? T- how how much is his cheapest tier?
1: Uh, cheapest tier on Star Talk Radio is three dollars a month.
0: Hmm. What's Talk he got? Twenty one hundred. Yeah, yeah, one hundred.
1: He does have a a, a fifty dollar or well five hundred dollar tier. We can. Uh,
0: nobody, nobody. Look buys at this. Those.
1: Join us in studio. <laughs> Or remotely to ask Neil your cosmic queries. That's the okay.
0: Question. Well, you listen to the show. How many times has he had a patron uh, in the studio? Not,
1: I have not heard a so a there single you go person uh, uh, go on to the show. So yeah.
0: nobody buys those Hail Mary tiers, it's a waste of time. They just you don't even bother. Um, so is the three dollar tier does that get you the basic show every week? Is that is that the deal? Uh, I'm not a patron, to be honest.
1: I'm just a, a normal. He's
0: pulling in $6,300 a month. He's so probably doing okay, yeah. That's an extra $75,000 a year for Mr. DeGrasse Tyson, who I think is canceled, but that's okay because oh, I'm that's canceled right.
1: too. Oh, Yeah, yeah, he was. That's right. That was, it, was a soft, it was a soft cancel, right? I think like.
0: Hey, I'm canceled too. He could come on the show. Yeah, right. Come on, Neil. Let's go. Who Let's gives a shit? <laughs> you know, the pre- once you're canceled, the pressure's off, man. Like they can't cancel you again. Like you know what I mean? Like you know, now it's like fuck it. That's how you can just let it fly now. So you know, I'll bring him on a little star talk, a little canceled star talk. Yeah,
1: all right, canceled star talk with Neil and uh, Neil and Joe. That sounds good. Kind of we, could, we could we
0: trade Twitter death tra- death threats. Oh yeah, you know yeah. he's maybe.
1: probably got some real fun ones.
0: Probably got some good ones too, right? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So
1: <laughs> we might still have. I don't know if we still get any good ones, but
0: oh, I do. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I get, a,
1: I, I get a, I got a, I got one or two that trickle in every year, but that, maybe they've gone yeah. to, to you directly now, which is good. Appreciate that. Oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> I'm kidding. Thanks.
1: There was one where it was like half joking, and I
0: was like, Nah, there's no such thing as a half joking. Death I, know,
1: I know, I know, I know, they're... and I'm like,
0: Yeah, you know, this is kind of shitty to do this, but anyway, this is uh, weird. If
1: yeah, you want to yeah, send it you... directly to him, you could send it here. So yeah. Like this is fucking weird, but uh, if you want to, I you're you're, you're yelling at air. You can uh, send it to this, and then maybe you can sure. Talk you. But, yeah, so anyway. send them all here. Yeah, whatever. No What's one more?
0: <laughs> yeah, I just add to the pile. <laughs> yeah. You know. Anyway,
1: on that very light note, uh, hey. I just,
0: listen. I'm just gonna forward it off to the FBI anyway. Don't yeah. think that you know. Yeah, listen. You have to take them all seriously.
1: Right. I agree. Yeah.
0: You know. You gotta.
1: Uh, and then finally, uh, first wrestling. They ran Mall of America this week. Uh, I didn't or last week, and I did not end up watching the show. I know Eric Cannon and Darren Corbin were in the opener. Uh, Darren Corbin are uh, a long time. Yeah, he he original guest on, on this very podcast yes. all ten years ago. Uh, Darren went on here. He, he's obviously been in First Wrestling for a lot of time. He came out in the, the puffy white shirt that Lex Luger came out in his first uh, Nitro uh, appearance as well. But uh, yeah, it was a cool little setup. I don't, I haven't watched the show yet. I know it's on Fight. Uh, I haven't heard feedback on the show itself, but it was a really cool setup. They were in the middle of Mall America. Uh, it looked good. I know we had a few people, a few listeners that that ended up going to the show. Uh, but yeah, it looked like, a, looked like a fun little environment. And it's always cool to get indie wrestling in, in some cool, uh, interesting spaces and, and make it look good. And it, it definitely was a show that looked good professional, looked good, look had a nice, you know, look and feel to it. So
0: I'm surprised nobody thought of that until now.
1: Yeah, I can't believe that it took these guys, (laughs) you know, all those years ago, since nineteen ninety five, to to go back there. And and I guess I don't know what it took for Mall of America to say yeah we're in, but, you know, hell, that's that's cool. So good for them.
0: And if this and being in Minnesota at the Mall of America and everything, it would have been a crime if there wasn't a Darren Corbin versus Eric Cannon match on this show. So uh, I'm glad that they booked that.
1: Yeah, and right out of the gate, too. So it was the um, first match, too, which which works... I mean, the first wrestling's been around since, I think, 2007 or 2008, uh, and these guys have been with it from the very beginning. I mean, these guys are, are the godfathers of the modern, you know, Minnesota wrestling scene or whatever, so yeah, it, oh, yeah. it, it made sense that those dudes had to be <laughs> yeah. wrestling on that show, and I love that they were at the, the Against opener. each other. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect.
0: Yeah, it's like the, the concept of an indie Hall of Fame, it just... I, I never can take it seriously. Cause it's so fragmented into different, um, you know, segments of the, com- of the country and everything. And, um, you know, it, it it's like Darren Corbin, it, it, he is Minnesota independent wrestling and right. he has been, you know, for, for like two decades now, you know, and it, it, it's like, um, in every region of the country, you know, uh, have guys like that. And even wrestlers who are even more obscure than that, who are just, Legitimate local, you know, dr- local draws and, and local stars on a local level. And, um, you know, and he's Minnesota and Eric Cannon too, you know, yeah. they're both oh, yeah, Minnesota, yeah. Sure. you know, and, 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 it, it, it makes sense that, and, and I'm glad that they wrestled each other, uh, you know, you know, on that show. So there was a lot of AEW talent on the show. Uh, Orange Cassidy was on the show. I think Darius, Darius Martin was on the show. Um, which is another guy from that area. Uh, Rob Van Dam was on the show and you know, the pictures looked really cool. They had a very nice setup for that. Um, I saw someone saying that AEW should do that. I disagree. I don't know that they can draw the kind of gate that they need to draw. I mean, they have to, they have to sell tickets and make money when they do TV to to cover the production and all of that. And um, the other thing is, I don't know if you really want to just cosplay WCW like that either. You know, I know they're on the same network. Yeah, there's a
1: certain level of wink, wink, nudge, nudge that you should do, but maybe not to the fullest degree.
0: It's kind of like before Dynamite started, people were like, oh, the first match needs to be Brian Pillman Jr. versus Liger. No. Like, that's too on the nose. Like, are we going to be our own thing, or are we just going to be WCW2? And I think that would have really sent the wrong message to come out of the gate like that. I agree. I agree. Um, I agree. You know, so, and again, and I think running like this venue, same kind of deal. I think it's a little too on the nose. Yeah, it's too too on the nose.
1: I like that they they do find interesting venues and I like they do on the ship and all that sort of stuff. And I think they should continue doing that sort of stuff. That stuff is cool. And that's kind of an homage. Create your
0: own legacy. Yeah, and that's that's a bit of
1: an homage to WCW, but you're creating your own legacy too by doing shows on a literal boat and doing doing that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, So, but, but for an indie to do that, you know, you know, 25 years later or thir- is it 25 or is it, yeah, 25 years later. Um. Yeah. It, it looked really great. You know, the, the pictures that I saw and, and um, you know, and it looked like there was some uh, a lot of good talent on the show and it was unique and it, and it got a lot of attention and um, yeah. So it was, I, I think it was a, a very positive thing for, or independently in that area, and independent wrestling as a whole, yeah. as opposed to just, you know, another weekend of game changer shows where guys <laughs> put each other through doors, and you know, it's something a little different. So it was cool. I didn't see it. Um, it's it's on Fight, correct?
1: Uh, it is on Fight. Yeah, it's a is Saturday the- night Saturday Night Nitro yeah. from First Wrestling. The 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 I in First is a one. So, but uh, you can find it on Fight. If you just look at yeah, Saturday yeah, yeah. Nitro, you can be able to find it. voicesofwrestling.com uh, slash fight, by the way, if you're going to order that. Use that link. Make sure.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. Alright, and that is it for us here on the flagship, of course. Uh, you want to uh, subscribe to us at flagshippatreon.com for all of our bonus content. $5 tier, $10 tier uh, gets you all of the content. Voicesofwrestling.com as well. I mentioned the uh, many previews up for a lot of the shows coming up this weekend. We'll have reviews of many of those shows as well. Voice Wrestling Podcast Network. Uh, Make sure to subscribe and review us on your podcast app of choice. Uh, You can subscribe to the overall feed, Voice Wrestling Podcast Network feed, or each show has an individual feed as well if you'd like to. But we always recommend the Voice Wrestling Podcast Network feed because then you get all the shows and it helps all of us. But hey, you know what? Subscribe to both. That would actually help us out all a lot. So double download everything. That would be good. We would appreciate that. But uh, that's it for us. Uh, So for Joe, I'm Rich. We'll talk to you next time on the Flagship Podcast. Take care. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time.